Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello to you, a listener to the worst idea of all time. We're doing something a little different on the stream today. Tim and I will be sharing an episode of fellow Little Empire show, Cult Popcha. We're doing one of those things where you present another show. So this is Worst Idea Presents Cult Popcha. Yeah, and you can't see us, but we are both wearing finery. We are draped in jewels and silk. We are feeling very pompous. Yes. Uh, so, Cult Popcher, it's an unrestrained, big, fat, nerd movie analysis show hosted by legends Alex and Richard. These and guys are legends and, as well. Well, And they've got a great motto, Tim. What's their motto? Their mo- so, the motto for this podcast is, if movies and TV shows mattered, we'd be talking about the issues that matter. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Too, these guys love it. They, they're, f- they're super funny dudes as well. I've known Alex for a few years. He um, teched a comedy show I did ages ago, like three years ago. What show was it? Vote Bat oh, was yeah. very technical. That was a very tech-heavy show. He had to like edit a video while the show was happening for me to play at the end with some yeah. photos that were taken at the start of the show. It was fucking sick, and he pulled it off. Anyway, he is very into film in a very cool way. Like his reviews are brilliant, and he does. Um, they do like video essays on YouTube as well. Yeah, They're fucking good, real good. The video essays are really quite popular as well, aren't they? Yes, yeah, some of them have gone some of them viral. Have gone massive, yeah, I yeah, saw that. Yeah. Um, anyway. With three years and over 130 episodes already under their belt and episode topics ranging from Marvel or Star Wars to Airbud and the Sister of the Travelling Pants, there was a, a, a break between Airbud and the Sister... <laughs> That's not a crossover franchise that you don't know about. <laughs> How good would that be? <laughs> yeah, be hell of a spinoff. Um, this show is like injecting pure concentrated geek culture directly into your veins. Now, the episode you're about to hear is from the film, fran- is from film franchise Fortnite's which is Colt Popcher's fortnightly show where they watch and discuss an entire movie franchise. So they've got a couple kind of regular features that they do within their podcast periodically and film franchise fortnights is, is one of them. Yeah, and uh, the franchise that they're discussing here is uh, the Fast and the Furious series. One of my favorite film franchises in the history of cinema. Yeah, Honestly... It knows what it is. I mean, you yeah. don't need to hear me wax on about it. You're about to hear these guys do it uh, uh, much better justice. But the nine adrenaline pump films from the humble beginnings of a boy racer DVD heist movie to the rock Jason Statham spinoff about secret agents and super soldiers, no series has changed genres, accumulated as many stars, or given their films such horrible titles as this one. If you're a fan of the show, then make sure to subscribe to Cult Popcher wherever you get your podcasts and check them out on all their social links, which are available 
on, the show notes. On the show notes. In the show notes. Um, they're good dudes. They are. They're, they're very clever. They're very funny. So I hope you enjoy this. This is the worst idea of all time presenting Cult Pop Show. Hello, Richard. Hello. Hello, you, the audience. How that was are a you? very slow and um, mild intro for for this yeah. episode of the podcast. I was expecting fasten your seatbelts, uh, put the pedal to the metal, yeah. something like that. So- something a bit more quicker and angrier. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but well, no. let's. We'll get. I will get. Be getting angry on this podcast, so don't you worry. This Thank is, God. of course, the Cult Popsh Podcast, uh, and this is film franchise Fortnite on the Cult Popsh Podcast, where every fortnight, Richard and I consume a num, film num, franchise, num, num, num. and then we get together to talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, what we have no feelings on, and what we love, which is yeah, each other. Each, each other, yeah, exactly. <laughs> because, because we're family. Yeah. Yeah, with and this the, is one last. We're just doing one last podcast, and then we're retiring. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is like the fourth one, and then there's going to be nine. No, yeah, then we continue to do this podcast for another like four years. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, film franchise Fortnite's fast and furious. Ah, what a segue! The film and the franchise Fortnite's. Got him. Fast and Furious film franchise Fortnite's. Today we are talking about the Fast and Furious franchise, alternatively known as the Fast and Furious franchise, or the Fast franchise, or the Furious franchise. I've never heard it called the Furious franchise. Well, maybe, yeah. I made that up. This has been a long time coming for our podcast, Richard. I think this is probably one of the most well-known and most interesting movie franchises currently going, you know, currently out there. Yeah. Um, and it is ranked as the 10th highest grossing film series of all time. Ooh. So definitely one that we need to be talking about as the emperors of talking about franchises. Mm. Um. Because I'd never seen any of these films before this. Wow. I had seen, uh, I saw the fourth one in cinemas. And then I remember watching uh, the first one being on at a party. And Mm. I remember thinking that, um, like, the one scene I remembered from the first one is actually in the fourth one. (laughs) There you go. Because for me, it got to the point where by the time people were telling me they were actually really good, I hadn't seen any of the previous ones. Then I was like, well, I'm not going to go to them. And then when the eighth one came out, we were doing this podcast. And I was like, well, I'm not going to. I'll do it one day. Yeah, yeah. Well, because you didn't want to for ages, I remember. Oh, I, I don't know. I feel I, I, I'm on record saying I prefer doing the more obscure franchises and not the 10th highest grossing franchise of all mm. time. Um, but look, never on the show have we covered a series of this length, which as, is as diverse as it is. Uh, the series has accumulated a mass of A-list actors. It has sequels, prequels, midquels, and spin-offs. It has a couple pieces of dark behind-the-scenes trivia, and it spans multiple eras, genres, critical receptions, and titling schemes. <laughs> in short, this is, in terms of structure and production, the franchise this podcast was made for yeah. like this has a this has it all you know this is yeah. everything 
that we dissect when we dissect the frog that is the franchise frog film frog frog franchise fortnights um and since we have nine films to cover this episode we're going to be covering each of them one at a time uh but just to give you what they're called up top richard without looking can you tell me the names of each of the films of the yes series? i certainly can uh so you've got 2001's the fast of the furious then you've got 2003's too fast too furious then 2006 brought us uh, the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, and then 2009 we had Fast and Furious, the the fastest and most furious title <laughs> up to that point. Uh, and then 2011 we had Fast Five, um, yep. even more fast. And then <laughs> Fast and Furious Six in I believe 2013, and yep. then Fast. No. Um, wait, sorry, Furious 7. I forgot what, what I was up to. Um, Furious 7 came out in 2015. Yes. And then you have Fate of the Furious 2016. 2017, sorry. And then Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw or just Hobbs and Shaw in 2019. A week ago. Yep. That Very was all good. without looking as well, so that's um Yeah. Well, yeah, it's 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 the it's the weirdest thing I've memorized, I think. Yeah. yeah. Was was the the titles of a nine long film a nine film long series I hadn't seen. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the first film was The Fast and the Furious in 2001. This was directed by Rob Cohen, and it has a Rotten Tomatoes score. Do you know what that Rotten Tomatoes score is? Um, I believe that they the first four are rotten and the other five are all fresh. So yes. going off that, I think it's like 54. 53. Nice. It says I'm 54, but I'm only 53. 53. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Little little hot fuzz reference in, in oh. a, a podcast about something very different. Thus so. confirming that um, the Cordero trilogy will be our next film franchise, <laughs> yeah, yeah. as often happens when we mention another franchise up top. We um, get it randomly right. decided, because that is the fate of the franchise podcast. Oh. Damn. All right, what is The Fast and the Furious about? So, uh, The Fast and the Furious is about uh, LAPD officer Brian O'Connor, uh, played mm-hmm. by Paul Walker, who goes undercover to investigate an illegal street racing gang uh, suspected of stealing valuable valuable electronics. Uh, there he meets and befriends Dominic Toretto, played by Vin Diesel, and eventually uh, Brian lets... Um, Again, in a Hot Fuzz reference, because it's very similar to the ending of um, Point Break, because it's essentially a remake of Point Break, um, that Brian uh, lets him get away because he loves him so much, uh, Mm. and then he's, yeah, disgraced from the force, but we we get into that more in the sequel. It has a Casablancian ending of um, Brian letting Dom ride off into the sunset instead of arresting him. Yeah. Firing his um, gun up in the air and going, ah... Yeah. <laughs> so I I didn't think this movie was very good. What did you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's about 54%. It's very 2001. It's like, again, it, it's fun as like a uh, a remake of Point Break with like a new skin, a very 2001 skin on it, <laughs> um, where it's, you know, like Paul Walker's haircut in this one compared to like four and five onwards has got like the sort of almost justin timberlakey long blonde mm. um hair well not long but like you know shaggy blonde hair um and it's just very it's similar to mission impossible 2 and it's kind of visual style yeah. as well that very in your face 
um, slick kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but um, to, yeah. as to what I thought of it, uh, yeah, it, it's a bit of fun, but it definitely is on the lower half of the franchise. It's strange, isn't it? Because people say to you, like, like there, there are, there are, there's a a um, section of the Fast and Furious fan base which ref- which prefer the the street racing films mm. to the later films, and yeah. it's like this isn't a very good movie by any yeah i've read a couple of of like ranking all of them including hobbs and shaw and a lot of them have this in like the top two or three yeah which is so wrong yeah stop being (laughs) stupid and yeah i thought i thought the characters were pretty flimsy i thought the the story wasn't very interesting um and it's also representing and we'll get to this well this will probably come up a lot in the first <laughs> half of this franchise it's representing a section of society which not only do i not identify with but i don't really respect either <laughs> you know right, okay. i don't think street races are cool i think they're dangerous and i, I don't yeah, care they should wear a cars. helmet <laughs> they should wear their seat belts um and i mean the, the and you get a lot more in the earlier movies than the later movies though it does show up in the later movies there is some uh some pretty what am I trying to say? Yeah, I'm wondering like, that myself. The, the, the sexualization and objectification of the woman in this in these earlier films can be not even in just in the earlier films, dude. Like, there's a <laughs> lot of butt shots throughout yeah. the whole franchise, and it, it, it's very male gazy, which is to be expected from a franchise which is probably the poster child of the male gaze as a concept. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I also, one of the things you didn't mention in the, in the synopsis, but we can talk about now, um, Dominic Toretto, played by Vin Diesel, his sister's name is Mia. And Brian and Mia, eventually in the rest of the, in the later movies, they get together. Um, and well, they get together in this one as well. But I couldn't, I didn't understand watching this film if Brian was either being very morally ambiguous and seducing her and playing with her heart to get more information, or if he's being really unprofessional as an undercover cop and actually like actively pursuing a relationship with yeah, her. Yeah, well, I think based on uh, his behavior throughout the rest of the franchise, he is being a bad cop, you know, because mm. he does a lot the- of bad cop things in these movies. Yeah, there, there's there's no scene where he's talking to his like superiors and he and he's like falling in love wasn't part of the plan you know like i it, i think it needed <laughs> it, needed, it, that, needed, it s- needed that scene it needed specifically that line of dialogue <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it has all the it, other it, fucking cliche ones <laughs> it just wasn't clear and it, it stops you from fully getting on board with the character because you don't find out he's a cop until maybe a quarter of the way through which is probably one of the more interesting things this film does <laughs> um and so yeah i wasn't i wasn't um too sure on that uh I, would you say you were invested in the the fa- the family by this point? Um, at this stage, no. Like I definitely like watching these films. This is something I guess I kind of didn't really expect, but I probably should have expected. Is that like um, Paul Walker is definitely like the hardest franchise, and Brian O'Connor, and because the first movie is it, it, like he's the main character of the first movie. I would say first um, two yeah yeah Easy. yeah first two yeah um but yeah like the first one especially where you think of it as just like a vin diesel vehicle but it's it's paul walker's story and yeah. um yeah he's definitely like the heart of the franchise and i was kind of surprised how quickly you just like him more than all the other characters <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah i'd agree with that because obviously knowing what was coming as well i was like oh, i wonder how like emotionally affected i'm actually going to be by this mm um yeah so 
despite this being kind of like one of the go-to films you'd say when talking about like a turn your brain off movie and I was texting you while we were, while I was watching it and we both were like agreed that we were like getting pretty lost in some of it and I think it's more out of like being bored by the movie and then missing like crucial elements yeah um, I think it's more like it's like bad storytelling as well yeah like yeah, there's some sure. parts where you're like well, wait who's this guy why is he coming to it mm. yeah yeah I, I was genuinely shocked when the credits started rolling because I thought we were like about to go face the big bad you know yeah yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realize that the, the people that just chased died and that they were the bad guys and then it ends, he's like, all right, I'm letting you go. And then the credits roll, and I was like, didn't they have someone else to chase? <laughs> Where was the big boss fight? Um, and But also, the film kind of leads you down the garden path and thinking that Dom is innocent of stealing all the DVD players, which is mm. <laughs> what this film's about. But he, it was him, right? It it was him. He, yeah, well, he, so, he, so he, he gets away with it. and yeah. But yeah. it's strange, isn't it? Because it's it's set up in a like plot structure way of being like, despite what you think, it's actually you know Dom's actually innocent, but it's actually like, nah, he's a criminal. Yep. Yeah, you but he's right. but he's cool. He's cool. He's so nice to his friends and his family. <laughs> well, his friends are his family, dude. It's, well, what's the difference? You, you feel uh, yeah. me? He doesn't have friends. He's got family. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that's about all I've written for the first film. Did you have anything you wanted to say? Um, no well yeah it's for the start of the franchise it's one of the more um unassuming films in the series to talk about yeah um yeah so in 2003 we got too fast too furious directed by john singleton uh what do you think this has on rotten tomatoes uh 40 it's 36 nice and what is this movie about? So uh, after letting Dom get away at the end of the previous film, Brian is now street racing to, to make ends meet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bold move, eh? You're like a disgraced cop and you're like, all right, I'm going to go and do the thing I was disgraced for yeah. just in broad daylight using my real name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he gets caught uh, by the cops, but he take he takes like a makes a plea deal kind of thing uh, to take down a Miami drug lord um along with his childhood friend roman pierce uh, in exchange for his freedom and then so they team up together and take mm. down a miami drug lord yeah um this film sees the introduction of tyrese gibson as roman pierce as you said and as well as uh Ludacris's tej yeah who become um staples of the franchise later on uh they were actually only introduced because vin diesel was busy filming the chronicles of riddick um so this is the only sequel until Hobbs and Shaw to not feature Vin Diesel. And frankly, I think that's a good thing because uh, I hate Vin Diesel. <laughs> and watching these, I didn't hate Vin Diesel properly until I watched these movies. And I was like, I was like, I'll get, we'll get this will be a recurring theme throughout this podcast <laughs> is me slowly revealing how much I, I dislike Vin Diesel. Um, but that, it wasn't just because he was filming The Chronicles of Riddick. He didn't like the script either. Um, and he said that they didn't take a Francis Ford Coppola approach to it. Yeah, no shit, Vin Diesel. They didn't take a Francis Ford Coppola approach And they to did the with sequel. the first one. <laughs> <laughs> um, they approached it like they did the sequels of the 80s and 90s when they would drum up a new story unrelated for the most part and slap the same name on it. Oh, what a tragedy. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Um, however, Thank God Diesel he has... brought back the integrity to this franchise. <laughs> uh, 
Um, Vin Diesel reflected on this decision in July 2014 in a report from Uprox saying, I would have said, don't walk, this is what I think what he's saying, what he would have said to himself if he could go back to 2003. Um, I would have said, don't walk away from it just because the script sucked and too fast, too furious. Because there's an obligation to the audience to fight, no matter what, to make the film as good as possible. I might have had a little bit more patience or belief in the long term of it. Oh, you're such a hero, Vin Diesel. Oh my gosh, Vin Diesel is so dreamy. Um, (laughs) So, okay, what did I think of this film? I prefer this one to the second one. I know this, to the The first first one, sorry. Um, I know that this is a classic bad sequel like yeah this is this is one of those ones i've heard is like uh despite the title being such a meme and people think it's yeah. such a cool title um it's it's considered you know very poor and the um uh the ron tomato score reflects that but uh yeah i i thought it was fun i i sort of enjoyed the paul walker tyrese gibson um mm chemistry more than the paul walker vin diesel chemistry um yeah, at least yeah, in the yeah. first one anyway um just and because they actually feel like they're friends and family. yeah and and <laughs> as well that like, roman pierce is throughout the whole series is the uh comic relief so you just yeah, have a yeah. bit more fun with him than dom torito who's trying so hard to be the alpha in every scene and no so vin diesel is trying to be the yeah, alpha so, yeah. dom torito is the alpha in the <laughs> yeah, universe of the because film. of all the work vin has done behind the yeah. scenes to ensure it's like that yeah uh, yeah so i would say yeah i actually found this one more fun it is more fun and i think that's why people think it's worse is because it's it's and it's a precursor to how silly this franchise gets in a fun way yeah you know it, it goes a little bit more ridiculous but i know it it, it, it does feel like a sequel doesn't it <laughs> like yeah. in, in ways i can't properly articulate i feel it in my gut like the the new characters and the plot and like only one of the characters returning yeah, the new yeah. love interest and the lack of impact it has on the rest of the series yeah the, the it's not um capoleon <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, very distinctly uncapolian. Um and he, but even like the location of Miami and the color palette somehow Yeah, 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 yeah. The, that that's the, sequely. Miami is such a like sequel location. Yeah, yeah. Um in this film we also meet Eva Mendez's Monica, who's an undercover cop, um, who up until writing this episode plan, I'd completely forgotten, appears again at the end of Fast Five. Yeah but then she never comes back. She appears at the end of Fast Five, and you're like, oh, they really are bringing all the characters back. And then until I was writing this, I was like, even Mendes wasn't in any of the other sequels yeah, after Fast Five. you just Five. reminded me as well, one thing I was going to talk about, but like, the at least, definitely the first three films, I'm pretty sure, have like a real intense like torture scene. Yeah, that's the next thing. What a, we're on the same wavelength, dude. It's because we're family. Yeah, because so the first <laughs> film has a scene where um someone there's like a pump oil thing, mm-hmm. um and he forces oil into this guy's mouth and all over his face to essentially yeah. waterboard him with oil, um yeah. and you know like poison him, I guess as well. And then in this scene, they do the thing of um putting a rat inside a bucket upside down on someone's stomach and lighting the uh the bottom of it so that the rat is forced to crawl away from the flame uh through the person's stomach Um, you described it so much better than how i wrote it down dude (laughs) it's just a mess of syntax errors and And run-on sentences (laughs) run-on sentences try with the way i wrote it i was like how do i describe this (laughs) how did you write it i wrote there's a scene in the film where the bad guy traps a rat in a bin, which is face down on a man's stomach, and then starts heating up the bin 
to try and force the rat to bury its bury its way through the man's body to escape. And then I wrote, "It's metal as shit." <laughs> <laughs> um, do, what you, it doesn't end up happening, which is kind of a, well, um, it, it does. It, it scratches through him. Yeah, quite yeah, a bit. yeah. But my question for this scene. Do you think that would have actually worked? Do you uh, think a rat? Yeah, it's like an old um, form of torture. Really? Yeah. Because I, I was watching it and I, I had my arms crossed and I was like, I don't know if this would actually happen. <laughs> um, yeah, but because, I mean, like the rat is in danger, it's forced to crawl away from the danger. And I mean, like rats are fucking strong. They can like chew mm. through concrete and shit. So human, your body and organs aren't, ain't got shit on concrete. I'm sorry, how, AJ, how, but they don't. How quick are rats? Uh, they're pretty. They're pretty fast, actually. Yeah. How, what do you think their temperament is? Um, like in my experience, at least, <laughs> they've been pretty furious. And in some cases, they've been too fast and too furious. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So this is considered. I actually, it's not, but I thought it was. I thought this was considered the worst film of the franchise by critics. It's actually not. Mm. Um, but s- apparently some critics now consider it underrated. So isn't that nice? That is nice. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's like you said, it's the ridiculousness of the franchise that comes in later on. Then now it's like, um, it, it, it was a hero. We just couldn't see it at the time. <laughs> um, yeah, because it's yeah the first one takes itself a little bit too seriously whereas i don't think this one does you know why it takes itself seriously and this one doesn't why? guess who wasn't involved mm, in I wonder. <laughs> what very serious producer this wasn't, one wasn't involved? directed by francis ford coppola <laughs> <laughs> vin diesel is the francis ford coppola of our time <laughs> um like any more francis thoughts ford on... coppola is still alive is he yeah is he re- i thought he was dead um no it's who it's Stanley um, Kubrick's dead. No, Marlon Brando, I was thinking of. Um, okay. Well, because they work, he worked with Francis Ford Coppola a bunch of yeah, times. All right, all right, all right. I'm a film buff. I've seen The Godfather I'm a film once. Buff. <laughs> I've watched a bit of Apocalypse now, okay? I've seen Too Fast, Too Furious. The, the, <laughs> the, the three Coppola films that everyone studies <laughs> in film school. Uh, any more thoughts on Too Fast, Too Furious? Or shall we uh, drift we can, on we can, over? Uh, drift over to the next one. <laughs> Uh, the Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift from 2006, the first film in the franchise directed by Justin Lin. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you think this has on Ron Tomatoes? Uh, so we had 53 and then 36. 36, so I'm going to say 44. 38. <laughs> two points above Too Fast wow. and Furious. And what is this movie about? So this is when uh, teenager, in quotation marks, um, <laughs> Sean gets in one little street race and his mom got scared and said, you're moving with your father in Tokyo. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, he, he gets into a race with um, Brad from Home Improvement. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, is forced to move to Tokyo to straighten out, but he immediately uh, gets into drift racing uh, he befriends a guy called Han, mm-hmm. uh, who ends up dying in a fiery crash, which we'll revisit later on. Ooh, okay. um, and then he takes on the Drift King and, um, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about the Drift King. Yeah, DK. <laughs> yeah. What does DK, DK the, say for Donkey Kong? Put a pin in that. What did you think of this film? Um, so this is one that I'd heard people say um, 
like obviously obviously everyone knows after fast five they actually get quite good or like quite mm. fun but the people go actually the third one's real good or like the third one's still one of the best and then watching it i was like how the fuck does anyone like this movie like <laughs> what the hell like but then uh have, finishing the movie and having some time to like sit with it in the week and now having seen all of them as well i do kind of get what they mean it probably is my favorite of the first three um Mm. Which is, and it's even more a testament to how good, good in quotation marks, the film is, um, that I rank it like that. Because it has the worst main character in any film I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, worst performance, just like a horrible, oh my god. Like, maybe, maybe actually, maybe not the worst um, main character, but one of the worst lead performances I've ever seen. But then, like, Han is a really cool character. Um, mm. And it's a bummer to see him die, but then we'll get into what happens there. Um, yeah. And it's like, I guess the, the drifting, the change of scenery is also quite fun as yeah, well. That yeah. it's like, uh, yeah, it just feels, it, it did shake it up a bit, which I guess it's is what It's a distinct to do. threequel, right? Because yeah. now we're in a different country. We're not just in Miami yeah. now. Um, yeah, Sean, Sean is probably the worst character in the entire series. Like the worst main character. Yeah, um, and by series and, you mean every any film ever made. Yeah, yeah, and in, in the history of film, because <laughs> um, we're introduced to him as this calm and collected racer, and then he races against Brad from Home Improvement for the prize of having ownership over Brad's. Girlfriend. Oh my god! Can we talk about? Because this was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, so Brad, Brad and Sean. I can't remember Brad's name. Um, it's just Brad. Dude. Yeah, Brad and Sean get into this fight. And he's, he's like, like, I'll race you for your girlfriend. And Brad's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sean's like, oh. um, yeah. So they're like, oh, what are we going to race? Because Sean's got a real shitty car and Brad's got a real nice car. And they're like, oh, I'll trade you like get for the pink slips or the keys. Um, and then Brad's girlfriend's just like, I know, winner gets me. And then Brad's like, oh, um, <laughs> but it's so stu- like make Brad beat his girlfriend. Like you just feel right. sorry for him. Like, Oh, yeah, your yeah. girlfriend's such a fucking bitch. Like, holy <laughs> shit. She's just like willing to walk away with this like dumb faced fucking heck <laughs> who like, Oh my God. Like actually he's Forrest Gump, this character. <laughs> and then, uh, but she's like, yeah, sweet. I'll just, I'm in this happy relationship, presumably with Brad. Like, they don't really set up that she's unhappy, particularly. Mm. Do you think after the race, Brad and, and the girl, like, they go away and he's like, I want you to know you're, you're really playing on my insecurities by um, betting yourself. Yeah, just be like, hey, just so you know, like, that actually really hurt my feelings. But then yeah. she went away with Sean anyway, didn't she? No. Um, Sean, like, smiles at her, but his mouth is full of blood and she freaks out. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, like... That you can fix this by just having Brad put her up to bet, yeah, and then she, and the she's unwilling, guy. you know. Yeah, yeah. But you yeah. have a girl, a female character in your film, making herself an object, a prize, yes. and we're supposed to be like, oh, what a twist, what a fun <laughs> little uh, thing. It's there, I, I hope Sean gets to roles. have sex with this object when he wins her. <laughs> um, yeah, and so the two of them they race through it like a construction site. And there's one part where Sean cuts a corner to get in front and it's treated like a smart move, even though, like, that's cheating. You, I don't know, it's not cheating in Crash Team Racing. 
<laughs> like, okay, sure. But then there is like a clear track and Sean like drives through a building to to beat him. But then when he when he gets back out into the main track, he's not even in the lead. So it's, it's not even a shortcut. It just takes him just as long. Um, yeah, because he had yeah. to crash through the building, like which slowed yeah, him yeah, down. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, this is the se- our second franchise in which the third film was intended to be a standalone anthology movie, but then every sequel after it returned to the original storyline after Halloween did that, <laughs> Season of the Witch. Um, and I think both this film and Too Fast, Too Furious are definitely the most like inconsequential films in the series. Their only real purpose overall is to introduce new characters to the family, you know? They don't, they don't like have plot carryover they don't have you know anything like that it's just characters that you see for the first time yeah um and i think by at the while watching this film um i i felt like i'd started to feel like fast and furious is a straight to dvd franchise in the body of a theatrical release franchise <laughs> yeah yeah I get you. like this franchise is bring it on for lads like there yeah, are, bring there it on, are, lads. There are high school sweethearts all across the world. I bet where the the girlfriend's favorite franchise is Bring It On, and the guy's favorite franchise is Fast and Furious. Yeah, and like I just like would together. not want to hang out with that couple. No, no, neither <laughs> would they. Wouldn't want to hang out with me. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I I before you said that you felt this was um the best the best one of the first three and i think it's either the best of the first three or the worst because of sean's accent um so yeah. I, I fluctuate i can't decide but um the, I, I pulled up some reviews here for it from the time so mick lasalle of the san francisco chronicle said the main character has no plan and no direction just a blind desire to smash up automobiles and steal a mobster's girlfriend um which is different to brad's girlfriend yeah um as for the racing scenes who cares about the, this is this made me laugh as for the racing scenes who cares about the finesse move of drifting compared to going fast <laughs> who cares about drifting <laughs> um one really funny thing in this film as well is that um when he's like drifting what's that and um <laughs> like that, that's not exaggerated as well that's what it sounds like um yeah. and han explains how drifting was invented like because drivers would like come up to the mountains of japan and like practice their drifting and it's like the stupidest fucking like yeah way, way to make it like a mystical but it, that's true is it really actually how drifting was invented like (laughs) well that's good then that's a good yeah that's like a cool like yeah yeah um the the review goes on to say and who wants to watch guys racing in a parking lot for that matter who wants to watch guys race down a mountain with lots of turns um and rob cohen who directed the fast and the furious um was very critical of this film saying if you were to just watch tokyo drift you'd say i never want to see anything related to fast and furious again um okay (laughs) yeah so han is introduced in this film you quite liked han did you want to do a little monologue about how much you like han uh oh i didn't realize i was supposed to like him that much um (laughs) no i just i just thought he was a cool character like especially when your main character is so horrible yeah. Um, that you you gravitate towards the kind of the the cool mm. expert. He's always snacking. He's the um, especially in Fast Five. He's the Brad Pitt from Ocean's Eleven, the cool yeah. one that's always snacking. Yeah, yeah, man. I just I'm just keep thinking about Sean's accent, and I'm like, there's no way this is the best of the first three. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it is such a blemish on this already 
average film that main character yeah yeah um, <laughs> uh yeah so vin diesel agreed to make a cameo at the end of yes. this film in, in exchange for universal's ownership to the rights of the riddick series and yeah. character a property which he's done like one thing with since 2003 <laughs> yeah although it's just recently announced though isn't it that they're making another one but oh, probably yay um and it- so he took that instead of getting paid for it Oh really? Interesting. He, he he cares about the series, dude. Um, but isn't it interesting how much more Diesel would end up investing in the Fast and Furious franchise, which was a a franchise he was trying to get away from, and b <laughs> like he only appeared in it to get the rights back for it, this other dead franchise that he hasn't done anything with. Yeah. And now it's like Fast and Furious is his thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is strange. Oh yeah. Um, it's called the the Chronicles of Riddick Furia. Yeah. Fast and Furia. <sighs> all right so in 2009 richard um severed from the ties of tokyo drift but not really because it's the same director and same characters return um we had fast and furious which was directed by justin lynn what do you think this has on ron tomatoes uh this is the last one it's like 29 29 i don't know if i agree Fuck off. This is so bad. This one's the no, worst there one. No, are, there are echoes of what's to come in the series, though. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that, but this is the worst <laughs> one, 100%. Uh, All right, well, what's, what's Without a doubt in my mind, this is the worst one. So um, Dom's crew has disbanded since we last saw them in the first film, really. Um, but then he's brought back in for one last ride after his wife, their married wife or partner. Well, you Letty, don't know they're married yet, um, they did get Letty. married. Michelle Rodriguez is seemingly killed. Uh, note I said seemingly. That'll come up later on. Um, and he ends up back in contact with uh, Brian O'Connor, who's now an FBI agent for some reason. Because um, that's what—that's your career trajectory. You like betray the police twice, and then you get upgraded to FBI. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they work together to take down a drug lord. Um, this film's so bad, man. This is this is this is the worst one. Like, but oh, it's just made so much better. Just it's. But I don't know what I you were saying bad. about how there's there's shades of it. Like this film walked so that Fast Five can run. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like it's- like this film is so bad, but it's the necessary. Um, you couldn't just like Fast Five couldn't be the one after Tokyo Drift. You know, right? Like, yeah, whereas right. you need Fast and Furious that still has the street racing elements, but hints that they want to try and do something bigger with this franchise. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I've I sort of I wrote it's the awkward, forgettable middle child. Yeah. It's the it's the connective tissue between the last two film the for the first the previous films and the future of the series. Um. Yeah. And so this film and the next two. So Fast Five and Fast and Furious Six are chronologically set before Tokyo Drift. Yeah. Um, which before I saw these movies properly and just had heard about them, I had presumed was just a cheap, easy way to reincorporate Han back into the series, even though he died. But then he's barely in this one, except um, for in a couple of scenes. Yeah, well I mean Like do you have do you have uh, written down somewhere uh, the reason why they did it? No. Oh, because it was to bring back Han. Um, oh. <laughs> it was. I was reading an interview with the screenwriter because the same guy's written like most of them and talking about Hobbs and yeah, Shaw, yeah. and um, yeah, he was talking about how because they're like, oh, you know, we're going to get more about Han in the future, and he's like, look, we like we all love Han uh, and the actor um, Sung Kang, I think his name is, and it's like, and he said like we changed the timeline of the films just to have to do three right. more with them. Um, so yeah, that uh, that is why. Okay. But um, can anyone out there? <laughs> 
Well, if you're listening to this and you're a fan of the Fast and Furious franchise, because this is something that I'm not sure if I had misinformation or I still just don't quite understand. I always thought that it was a twist at the end of six that it's a prequel because I'd heard like it's I heard people say it's revealed in six that it's all a prequel to the third one. Um, but then like the first character you see in this film is Han, who just died in the last film. So when Fast and Furious came out, if you if you're a fan of the franchise, when the fourth one came out, did you like? Was the general consensus the assumption that Han survived the crash, or did we know going into these three that they were prequels? No, I think the twist at the end of six was that Jason Statham. Yeah, that, yeah, but that's what I'd heard. I got yeah. that was how it was pitched to me. Was like, have you heard about the twist at the end of Fast and Furious Six? And I was like, <laughs> when am I ever going to watch that movie? <laughs> what is it? And they were like, Jason Statham's in it. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, my, uh, my, my Brent Taylors and my, um, <laughs> my, uh, you know, my, my other boys out there. Um, <laughs> my Tim Artabors. Um, Tim Artabor, yeah, he's a good one. Um. <laughs> Yeah, if you guys were into the fight, I just want to know the, the what the general consensus going into Fast and Furious was, uh, what you they thought had, it was. They had announced that it was a prequel, though. So, you, But you're more saying, did people know that? Yeah, like, like was this just like people went into this one knowing it was a prequel right. or not? Right. Um, or, was it a, or was it a huge surprise that... The end oh, of shit. Tokyo Drift, Vin Diesel's like, I rode with Han. He was one of my pals. Blah. So, yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think, yeah, interesting. Um, because it helps- doesn't communicate in any way that it's a prequel until right. the sixth one. Yeah, sure. Um, I, speaking of Vin Diesel, I feel like this is the first film that really like cemented my feud, my one-way feud. <laughs> um, because it's clear he has a very inflated view of himself. Because he, he is a producer on the film, so he's def- he definitely has creative control. And he'll these films don't get made without Vin Diesel's you know credit on them yeah um, well i mean they do because hobbs and shaw but um this this comes this, so this kind of thing comes into play later in the series with the, the various feuds with his co-stars um but i think it begins here with the introduction of gal gadot as a possible new love interest for dom and he rejects her in the film because he's still continuing to mourn letty for at least one more film um but it starts to become clear from here on out that vin diesel thinks he's so cool that like Gal Gadot would be into him, you know, <laughs> but I don't think he's cool. I think he's lame and creepy. <laughs> yeah, because you said that there's that famous video that Drew Gooden did a did a thing on that. Yeah, like show. you should actually, if you're if you're listening to this, you should go search Drew Gooden's video, um, Vin Diesel, King of Cringe. Yeah, um, because I'm not I'm not just being mean to an actor I don't know anything about. I've seen him in interviews, and there's there's that one interview where he's like essentially sexually harassing his female interviewer. And it's very weird. It's very, very weird. It's it's the it's it's what happens when you get so famous that you think you can get away with shit like that. Basically. Yeah, but like it's it's not like uh, it's creepy in a weird way. It's creepy in the way that he thinks he's being flirtatious and funny, but because it's yeah, Vin Diesel. Like, oh my god, you're beautiful. Are you oh, when, when the, like when this turn into I love you. <laughs> yeah, it's like weird lines and shit. Yeah, like it's that. it's it's seeing someone seeing someone with no game flirt. Yeah, but he's famous, so yeah. it, it does it doesn't occur to him that he's got no game. And he's got this weird mumbly growly voice, so it's also very strange. Vin Diesel should play Alma Fudd in the Looney Tunes live action movie. I'm, I'm so, he he would never do it. 
but he should. He's too famous. He, he looks like him as well. <laughs> Vin Diesel is Alma Fudd. I'm saying it. Yeah. Uh, in 2011, we got Fast Five, directed by Justin Lin. And, you know, Justin Lin's directed the past two, and neither of them really landed with critics. So, like, it's like, oh, Justin, what are you doing? Why are you rolling this dead thing out for another film? Obviously, this one isn't going to be any better than the last two, but guess uh, what? It has on Rotten Tomatoes, Richard. Uh, 69. It's got 77 nice. on Rotten Tomatoes. Isn't that insane? Have we ever covered a, podca- a podcast, a, a franchise that has this trajectory of critical opinion before? Like, this isn't this isn't the pattern, you know? This isn't the, the first one or two are high, and then, like, usually, like, the third or fourth one are real bad and, and, mm. fr- and franchised this long. Or you'll get the occasional one where it's, like, Mission Impossible, where the second one drops, but the other ones are real great. But like, usually, this is, yeah, usually the first one's considered one of the best. Yeah, yeah, and in this series, it's like down, up, and then down again. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's it's almost it, it almost feels like the series starts here. Yeah, hundred you know? percent. This is this is where you would tell someone to start. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so this one is about the gang. Uh, recruit, the family. Yeah, the family, sorry. Um, plans the fast a, family. a heist to steal $100 million from a crime lord in Rio de Janeiro. Um, and so while they're doing that, and this is, this is very much a heist film, um, the new character, Luke Hobbs, portrayed by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, is hot on the heels of Brian and Dom, mm. specifically. Um yeah, and so this one completely reinvigorates the franchise. It ends with um, this great, um, great scene, uh, this chase of the two cars um, towing a giant bank vault uh, <laughs> behind them through the streets of Brazil. This yeah. is Brazil. Yeah. Bit. Um, when And yeah, uh, presumably killing and injuring uh, thousands of people, but it's, it's very okay because Rio de Janeiro is it, the entire population is corrupt cops, so it's okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, what did you think of this film, AJ? Ah, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I understand why it's the yeah. This film's the best awesome one like, so far. Because um, you're you're famously not um, intelligent enough to watch heist films. But how did you true? Um, Follow this one. Honestly, the heist stuff lost me for a little bit. Like, <laughs> I got back on board. Because um, yeah. this has the classic heist thing as well, which I know that you're not a fan of, of like, oh, no, it didn't work. But wait a minute. Here's one thing we didn't show you. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't do that with your... You, you want to see your main characters all the way through. You don't want to... That's something you save for a villain reveal, not a hero. I, I so disagree. It's such a great trope of heist films that, um, <laughs> you know, that, that, that the main character has one more thing up your sleeve. Um, and I guess if you don't like that trope, you're just never going to like a heist film because they all do. Well, I mean, I liked this movie. That's good. Yeah, this this film was great, man. I I thought, yeah. Mm. Like, yeah, there's an argument that this is the best movie of of this kind in the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, So this this film makes Fast and Furious our third franchise, which has released its second, third, fourth, and fifth entries in 2003, 2005, 2009, and 2011, respectively, with the fifth being a prequel. Uh, Although whether or not you'd call Fast Five a prequel, I guess, is up for debate because it's a sequel to Fast and Furious, which is a prequel to Tokyo Drift, but it's a midquel for the series. Yeah. um, uh, Also... 
With that extremely that. specific piece of trivia was brought to you by Richard earlier this week, texting me, and I was like, all right, I'll put that in the plan. Yeah. Um, so, and that's um, after X-Men and Final Destination. Oh, Because um, yeah. <laughs> people are being like, what? Um, <laughs> but also the fact that, like, so they each have the fifth one be a prequel, but it's kind of like a prequel with an asterisk because mm. uh, Final Destination, obviously, you don't realize it's a prequel to the end of it. Um, this one, like you said, it's it's a sequel to Fast and Furious, but it's still part of a prequel trilogy to yeah. Tokyo Drift, and it's a mid-call. And then also X-Men is first class, which is like, is it a reboot or is it a prequel? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they're all kind of like prequel asterisks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is such a strange entry to the series because it's actually good because, <laughs> because it's such a departure from the other films like when people talk Which about like <laughs> when people talk about how um you know oh, the first one's about dvds players getting stolen and this one's like a crazy heist film it's like yeah this is the like fast and furious the fourth film dipped a toe in changing genre and this is like we are in a different yeah category and video easy now (laughs) yeah um but it's the franchise is so much better for it yeah and it's better for it because dwayne johnson joins the party dwayne dwayne the rock johnson johnson which i call him that because i don't think he likes being called the rock anymore people don't talk about this he hasn't gone by the rock officially in years and i don't think he wants to be called it now but everyone always calls him dwayne the rock johnson which means that now his nickname is dwayne the rock johnson meaning he's dwayne dwayne the rock johnson johnson um i want to get back to that talking about dwayne johnson and and being called the rock um but because there's an article that just came out this week about the egos of the the stars and we're Mm. going to talk about that in a bit yeah, we Cause, will. Because we'll, we'll bring it up then. I'll put a pin yeah. on that. Um, yeah. Is Dwayne Johnson, in his first scene in Fast Five and the whole series, is he doing an accent and then it never comes yeah, back? Yeah, so he's did, like, did he's got that? kind of a southern accent, eh? It's, 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 I feel, I want to say it's like a, a regional specific American accent that isn't his own American yeah. accent. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit where where he like recruits Elena, who's his partner. He's like, "Get me that girl," and they're like, "Why? She does she doesn't have any of the da 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 da." And he's like, "I like her smile," and he says it like that. And I was like, "This is Dwayne Johnson as I've never seen him." Yeah. And then by the <laughs> time then, we get to um, Hobbs and Shaw, he's like, "Yeah, I'm from Samoa." But no, but by the time we get to the end of Fast Five, the accent's <laughs> yeah. gone. It's so funny. It's like it's they must have filmed that scene first, I guess. Yeah. And he's got like a real thick black goatee, and he, like The Rock looks the same in every movie now, and it's so interesting to see him. Like, Except for Fast Five. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like yeah. Fast Five is like the last time he looked different in a movie than to what he looks like now. Like he's yeah. not wearing his khakis. He's not. <laughs> he's not completely bald and and clean shaven. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, so this uh, this film is the first depart as I said before this film is the first departure from the series from street racing movies into blockbuster action, and from here it's really funny to see how desperately they try to reincorporate cars and racing back into stories that don't really need to involve any to any large degree. <laughs> yeah. Like this this one they kind of get away with it because it's like they're coming from that background and it's like we need street racers to rob a bank and it's like cool that's the story, but then the next ones it's like. They're like, oh, fuck, the series is called Fast and Furious. We have to throw Noss in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
uh yeah uh and it's the universal chairman adam fogelson has been on the record saying the question putting fast five and fast six together for us was can we take it out of being a pure car culture movie and into being it being a true action franchise in the spirit of those great heist films made 10 or 15 years ago which i think is a really interesting quote because that's the first and not that i've looked into it but that's like the first kind of acknowledgement from the creative forces of this pivot into a different kind of movie yeah um but like but like we said is that like um fast and furious f4 um kind of bridges that gap yeah exactly yeah um last thing for fast five that i want to talk about is personally i love how frustrated vin diesel would be uh that the first film in the franchise to actually be positively reviewed by critics is probably the one he would now regard as where the series started going downhill. Because <laughs> you know, he'd be like, "Oh, it's when Dwayne Johnson got involved. It's when Dwayne Johnson got involved in stopping <laughs> about the family." <laughs> you know, like I, I reckon, I reckon Vin Diesel's favorite is Fast and Furious. I reckon that's his God, favorite. It Fast would and be, Furious wouldn't it? Movie. Um, yeah, and also as well, at the end of this film, it's revealed uh, Eva Mendes returns and reveals mm. that Liddy is still alive. Yep, and that brings us through into Fast and Furious 6 in 2013, directed by Justin Lin. Again, what does this have on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, 70. It's 70. So we're in, you know, there's two two fresh yep. reviews in a row. Um, so what's this movie about? Uh, so having, I guess, retired... Uh, Dom and Brian are pulled back into the fold by Luke Hobbs, who recruits them to take down British terrorist Owen Shaw, played by Luke Evans. Um, and then it's also Dom finds out that Lydia's still alive, but she's got amnesia oh, um, no. and doesn't remember him. And so he uh, basically just forces her um, to love him again uh, and <laughs> until she... Well, he's so everything. irresistible, Richard. So yeah, exactly. She'd, she'd be um, a fool not to. And then also a post-credit scene for this film uh, introduces Deckard Shaw, who is Jason Statham's character, uh, and it's him killing Han in Tokyo Drift, which l- closes the time loop of this yeah. franchise. So um, ending, thus ending the prequel trilogy. Mm. Yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah. I went into this movie not having forgotten that Jason Statham's not in it till the post credit scene, and I was like, "All right, you know, rub my hands together, like we're getting a Jason's." I like because I quite like Jason Statham, yeah. And I was like, "Hell yeah, dude!" And then it's like, "Oh yeah, that's right." Um, I'm, st- I'm stuck with Luke Evans for yeah. most of the movie, and also uh, keeping in with the last one had the the safe through the streets of Rio. Uh, this one ends on like a runway. Um, yeah, so they're like racing mm. alongside a plane uh and it goes for 20 minutes uh which <laughs> I, someone long. has calculated that uh that makes the the runway 30 miles long <laughs> That's um silly. uh which uh for our um uh kiwi listeners or british or whatever uh people that most everywhere except the states now um, we're doing it <laughs> uh this is uh that's 50 almost 50 kilometers long and so as you know a runway is not that long 50 kilometers is a pretty long way like yeah like you might long. think oh you know there might be runways out there that are 50 k's there aren't so I think this is definitely the weakest of film of the like golden trilogy of 5, 6, yeah. and 7, right? Um, but at the same time, I do think it has 
the best introduction or like the the strongest call to adventure i think because were they if the creators of the series were a little less willing to like think of another way to bring everyone back into the fray each movie i do think that the family just being a team hired by the government or whoever for a mission of the of the week is a perfectly sustainable way to keep the series moving you know it it worked i guess Um, i'm saying just sorry to interrupt um runways in general are 1.8 to 2.4 kilometers long and this one's right. 50 just for maybe so it was know. going around in circles <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> um gal gadot dies as well yeah which was funny because i thought it was really funny because no, um <laughs> so i i just assumed that she left the franchise to go do wonder woman i was like, oh she actually dies <laughs> like in a very unceremonious and not that focused on scene as yeah well. but they kind of um fridge her by just making it like oh it's that's why han went to tokyo because mm-hmm. as the first film ends with han driving away with giselle and um they're like well where do you want to go and he says somewhere else she's like i think he wanted to go to tokyo and he's like oh we'll get to tokyo eventually being like uh, uh, well, he's gonna go yeah. to Tokyo and he's gonna get because yeah, because in at, after his one scene in, in Fast and Furious, he says he's gonna go to Tokyo as well. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like they tease it like three times. <laughs> um, all right, Richard, I want to talk about Vin Diesel <laughs> and how he thinks he's cooler than he is because this movie further reinforces this with like his new love interest who's elena who's hobbs's partner from fast five and at the end of the of fast five in the beginning of this one she like sides with him and hobbs is also like won over and lets him go at the end of fast five and in this film he goes as far as to betray the law in defense of of dominic toretto right like he he the the you know the 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 they're accused of something and so no they, no they let they <laughs> let Shaw go they let Shaw go against the against like what the superiors are saying and um Hobbs agrees to do this because he he believe, he agrees that they need to save who do they need to save they need to save someone in that situation yeah it's probably it's probably Letty I can't remember um so if you take that into account and the fact that Brian has already turned from being a cop to has already turned from from being a cop to a life of crime twice now because the friendship of dominic toretto is so irresistible it's <laughs> worth committing treason and becoming a fugitive for <laughs> like that's what that's how cool vin diesel thinks dominic toretto is is that it's worth it at the end of fast four fast and furious and the start of fast five they literally take down a prison bus they flip a prison bus because they Dominic's in, is, is in one of the seats to get him out of going to prison for life. <laughs> yeah. And, like, then they're fugitives. They're on the run. I would expect like you Brian, to do the same thing for me. <laughs> okay, but we're good friends. <laughs> like, this Your is my friendship is worth it. Is Dominic Toretto even that good of a friend? Like, no, he's, like, he's good family. <laughs> I can barely recall any genuine moments of love that he actually shares between him and Brian in these films. Like, Vin Diesel cares about family, but he's he's not a very warm person. Like, when oh when he when they find out that Mia's pregnant, Mia and, and, and Brian are going to have a baby, he, like, hugs them both. And then there's a few, like, kind of, like, nice things he says to him. But he's very cold and standoffish. And I just... 
Dominic Toretto is such a fantasy of Vin Diesel. Like he hasn't he hasn't <laughs> put the work in to make this character have earned the the you know the types of things he stands for. Especially because the end of Furious Seven is very, for obvious reasons, very um you know emphasizing on the love and family between um, Dom and Brian. But I just didn't believe that he liked Brian that much. <laughs> he doesn't you know he he likes his he loves letty and he likes his sister but i did i never felt like he was like whenever he does his speeches where he's like the most important people in this room is what yeah that's matters. weird how he's like uh like just remember in life nothing's ever going to be more important than the people in this room and it's like some of you have met for the first time yeah. and have been working together for like three days they're doing this for money yeah they're, they're, they're doing know, this to get 11 million dollars if i was if i was doing that and, and vin diesel started saying that i'd be like fuck okay dude like it's a lot of money though like you realize <laughs> yeah. that's why i'm here um so yeah i i would like to put forward the theory that dominic toretto is not a good friend <laughs> <laughs> um wow that's a that's right. a pretty big bombshell to drop yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so Richard, now we're gonna move move on furiously <laughs> um, <laughs> to to Furious Seven from 2015, directed by James Wan, a new director to the series, mm-hmm. and quite a um. James Wan's got a got a a fan base. You know, there are a lot of Wan heads out there because he did what did he he did, he did um he did Aquaman. the Conjuring um and and uh, Aquaman. Yeah, yeah. Those are like his big things. Um, or is he... Did he um, start off Saw as well? I want to say yes. Let me check. James Wan. Yeah, because he's like known for horror and he's going back to horror. Uh, yeah, so he uh, Saw um, mm. and then went to Insidious and Conjuring and, and then death, Furious death, Dead Silence and Death Sentence. Yeah. And Doggy they... Heaven. He directed Doggy Heaven. Oh. oh okay. <laughs> uh yeah so furious 7 directed by james wan what does this have on ron tomatoes uh this is like 79 81 man 81 nice this, that's a good that's a fucking good score you know yeah. like that's a that's a great film 81 um yeah. and so what is this movie about um so this is about the gang chasing down. So Deckard Shaw, jason statham's character for the post credit scene of fast furious 6 uh sends a bomb to Dom's house mm-hmm. um, after killing Han. And then so they, they chase him down for revenge, um, but they can't find him because he keeps popping up everywhere they go. And that's kind of the plot of the film. It's real <laughs> weird. So they're like, fuck, where is he? Oh, no, oh, he's appeared here. Better keep trying to find him. It's like, he's right there. Like mm. he's coming to you. Um, but this film, obviously, there has a bunch of crazy action sequences. Um, and then it ends with, um, so Brian is now with, um, you know, obviously with Dom's sister Mia and they've got a baby and, uh, you know, he leaves uh, to sort of leave this whole life behind him and mm. finally have his happy ever after. Um, because obviously this film had the tragedy behind the scenes of Paul Walker was killed in a car accident. And the film was rewritten and uh, his brothers came in to be body doubles with um, Paul Walker's face CGI'd on top of them to um, complete the film and give 
Brian O'Connor like the the proper send off rather than just kind of killing him off or not talking mm-hmm. about the character. And um, the, fuck, it was good. I really liked this film, and the yeah. ending is so tasteful and beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And it's like because because this film as well. So I mentioned specifically in Fast Five and Six, you have these amazing uh, set piece finales, and th- this film. About 40 minutes into it, or 40 minutes to an hour into it, they drive cars out of a plane and uh, parachute into the, the 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 base they're trying to infiltrate. And then there's another big kind of set piece. But then it ends with just kind of like a chase scene. It's kind of disappointing. Um, mm. And so I was like, oh, okay, like, yeah, this this one's right. And then um, the, the ending came up, which is a scene that I've watched on YouTube before. Like I knew everything about this scene that was coming up. It's um, a meme. The, the like shot, uh, it's the Instagram post that we did. On yeah. Our pop um, Instagram. But yeah, watching it, I cried and then, um, and I didn't think I would. And it was one of those things like even going out to, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm that attached to, to the characters and stuff like that. But I think the, the real life tragedy mixed with that, uh, Brian is is actually a really lovable character, mm. and Paul Walker is probably the best actor in the franchise. Mm. Um, and then like the music and everything, and it's it's such a beautifully done, tasteful farewell that I cried when I watched it, and then um, I was telling Jess about it, um, and I was explaining what happens, and I started to choke up again. And then I went to play it on TV for her to show her what it was like. And I had to turn it off because I was like, I'm actually just going to cry again. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. Um, but How are you now? Um, I'm fine now. But I should mention, I forgot to mention this at the top, but I was having a, a pretty emotional week at the time. Oh yeah, I um, forgot to mention this too. I was so concerned with my... Um with writing up this report in time that I'm like... Oh, yeah, yeah so um, if you've listened this far... Um, I'll tell you the story. So um, I was coming home from work on Tuesday night and I was actually, I was heading home to watch Furious 7 and um, I probably, you probably don't know this about me, um, but I, up until just recently, I drove a scooter, like a a moped, um, until Tuesday night when uh, I was going straight up Dominion Road in Auckland and a car pulled out, uh, pulled out from a stop sign in front of me and um the ground was wet i didn't have enough time to stop i only had five or so meters and i was going for, you know i was going to speed limit essentially so like 40 40 k's and um i yeah slammed on the brakes the scooter slid out from under me and i came off it and then slid under the car which then ran me over uh, as it continued on its way across the street, they didn't like slam on the brakes when they realized they might hit, um, you know, a human being or that they'd just run one over. Like the, the tire, like literally ran over my arm and I have a bruise there. You can might be able to see it, AJ. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, they got out of the car though and then they stopped and, and checked I was right. But I got, I got taken away in an ambulance and, um, yeah, spent a few hours in hospital, but, um, magically amazingly i didn't break anything mm. um i'm more or less back to normal i couldn't really walk for like a day or two um but yeah aside from this some sort of movements with my legs and um that you know i'm kind as comfortable as they have but as they usually should be but i am more or less back to normal um but that was a pretty pr- brush with death um 
Yeah. I had, uh, which is because we had been joking about who would be the, the Dom and who would be the um, Brian in our relationship. <laughs> and um, we'd said, we'd been joking that I was Paul Walker. And in a group chat with Jeremy, um, the last thing he said to me was that I was going to die <laughs> in a car crash. Um, and then I almost did. Look, and, and no one can between say between Furious Six and Seven as well. Um, <laughs> watching them, and no one can say we don't devote ourselves to this podcast. You know, we got drunk for the Hangover trilogy. You know, I got we- run over by a car for Furious, <laughs> Fast and Furious. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, Tim, you know I'm a huge advocate for hiring an objective, professional, licensed professional to tell my problems to so that when they tell me what they think, I know I'm getting it straight. That's where BetterHelp comes in. That's right. BetterHelp have a big pile of professionals to talk to at your convenience online. You've done a bit of therapy, right, Guy? I started doing therapy during, uh, there was a pandemic. I don't know if you remember. And the benefits were immediate and long-lasting. They help give you skills that you can use when you are in stressful or anxious situations. Honestly, it's changed my life for the better. I guess that's why they call it BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash all time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash all time. It um, is. It, it, I, I, I was very worried about you and I'm very glad to hear that you're okay. But part of me was just like, you fucking doing this to one-up me aren't you <laughs> this is like when you watch the scream <laughs> tv series I'm, I'm gonna have to drive a car out of a plane to get back at you. <laughs> um well yeah but yeah so go. please send your love and support um mm. but yeah so i um because i'm not um i'm not a particularly emotional person um and so i think you know taking my my accident and being in hospital and, and good spirits um i think just like a chance to be emotional because obviously you know people are like sending support and stuff like that mm. um but then uh actually crying during um yeah. Fury seven but to be fair in my defense it's a very beautiful moment oh yeah 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 no absolutely and also the song see you again what a what a fucking 
banger that is <laughs> that's for for a small amount of time that was the um most viewed song on youtube it's got like 4.6 billion views wow um yeah it was like it just overtook um uh gangnam style and then like a like less than two months later it was taken over by despacito so it's like gangnam style held it for like five years or something like that and then right. see you again held it for like a week <laughs> There you go. Yeah. What a so what, my what a story, Mark. Um, it, I would have been in such a moral quandary if you'd if you'd died because I would I have like had to recreate. Would I have to make you get podcast? my get my sister to finish it I'd, for me? I'd get your sister, but then also pieces of your audio from previous podcasts. Yeah. Um, mm. but no, then I'm, but then how would what would be the tasteful send off you'd give me at the end? I'd just um, I'd sing "See You Again." <laughs> Can you sing it anyway? And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. Actually, this ties nicely into um, Vin Diesel. Um, have yeah. you seen the video of Vin Diesel at the NTV Movie Awards? Because this won a bunch of NTV Movie Awards because it's that kind of movie. Um, <laughs> even though, although Vin Diesel thought it was headed for Best Picture nomination, there's quotes <laughs> of him out there saying that he genuinely they, believes they this is going to get Oscars. Yeah. yeah. Um, but... Um, there's a video of him being like, oh, thanks so much, everyone. Like, this is for the family. For the first it's just family. a Sylvester Stallone and, impression now. Adrian! He's like, anyway, this is all for Paul. Um, I guess the only thing left to say is, it's been a long day without you, my friend. And it's Over like, Diesel. what are you doing? He thinks he's a real good singer. There's a um, there's videos of him singing "Stay" um, by Rihanna <laughs> for some reason, um, and then there's also um, yeah, quite a few videos of him singing "See You Again" like in interviews and stuff. Hmm. Uh, well, uh, yeah, what did you think of the film? I yeah, I love this one. I I I was like, that's such it's such fucking carry on isn't it it's such it's <laughs> yeah. such bullshit it's such a load of shit this movie but that's why it's so great hmm. um yeah because you, you were I, messaging I, a group chat um with me about um what you kind of thought of the films as you were watching them and you we were, we were pretty negative on them um but yeah. this is the first one where it seemed like it got you on board with um the the turn your brain off yeah well, say, exactly kind of thing. and, and yeah, i like, think this is the first one where you took it at face value, I think. Yeah, yeah, I would say I would say that this is the quintessential Fast and Furious movie, and I think no matter how many sequels they make in the future, this will be the one that people think of when they think of the series as a whole. You know, like this is the Fast and Furious legacy, in my yeah. opinion. <clears throat> um, and it's also the eighth highest grossing film of all time. Yeah, yeah, which is. Probably when you look at the highest grossing films of all time, I actually feel like this one stands out as being a bit different from because the other ones are, are like, um, I don't know, like Star Marvel Wars movies. And, and, and Marvel, yeah. And, and then it's like this movie about dropping cars out of planes, is yeah. Is, I think as well that, um, this was like my one holdout from the top 10, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, that I hadn't seen. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, like at the same time though, like it's. Because you look, it's like a couple above it is like Jurassic World, yeah. which I feel like is the same. Like the well, you know what it is: event is that films none, and th- big franchises. Yeah, but this one doesn't have, other than Avatar, this is the only one on that list that's like, or only modern one on that list that's like not got comic books or like an an extended history of Titanic. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. Well, no, Titanic does as the real thing. Yeah, well, that's I Titanic's know. I, I, extended universe. I was, I was universe. saying I'd, I'd formed that word in my mouth before you said history. <laughs> uh, this is our second film franchise in a row to feature at least one film with the word seven in it after Seven Samurai slash The Magnificent Seven. And we got a message on Facebook this morning from a listener named David Ross, who told us apparently James Wan wanted to call the film Furious Seven as a nod to The Seven Samurai. Yeah, I was, I was reading that um, the film, officially, according to the director, is called like Furious S-E-V-E-N. Um, and he said it's seven because of Seven Samurai. And he said, like, look at this film, like, it's it's Seven Samurai, but instead of swords, it's cars. And he said, like, this, he says, like, this film is classic Kurosawa, according to James Wan. That's good that James Wan can say that about his own film. So we've got Francis Ford Coppola, and what other what other franchise both has Francis Ford Coppola and um, Kuros- <laughs> Kurosawa, Kurosawa working on it, man. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, so the scene uh, where the cars drive out of the plane and and parachute into like this foresty road area is so funny to me because yeah. it's such an in your face way of being like this isn't about dvd players anymore <laughs> yeah. you know like this is how far we've come and i think what i love most about it is how not foolproof their their plan is like <laughs> yeah, yeah. because if if you were going to if that was your plan you'd think they would be quite down to like the minute details of it right but they just parachute cars into forest with like a vague idea of where they're gonna land yeah and thank god none of them crash into a tree like you could just get decapitated by a stray branch going through your window like Um, they don't proof it from that and roman who's the last one to tyrus gibson who's the last one to reverse the car out of the plane he's too scared to do it and the only reason he does is because tej opens his chute which drags the car out which that could have gone very easily wrong yeah, like, he's the, like fucking spinning around for yeah. so long yeah um and so I, I loved i loved how silly that was but they actually did it for real that's not cgi yeah, yeah. it's um yeah they, they like drove cars out of the plane and had um cameramen and wingsuits like it's insane and then also the um the other great i was trying to think of the other great um moment in that film because you got that and then there's also the um driving through three skyscrapers yep. in yep. abu dhabi so this is my favorite scene in the franchise as and it's yeah. a lot of people seem to cite it as their favorite scene they drive they drive a car through a skyscraper and land in the neighboring building but for me it's the fact that they do it again that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, so that's what cements it for me as like the best scene is that it's not just because i knew they did it once and yeah. i didn't know they did it twice so it's covering three buildings that to me is the it's not as good of a scene if it's only one building. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. it's c- crucial that it's the three buildings, um, and the 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 third building is like by accident as well because their brakes stop working. Like brakes don't work, and they're like, oh, yeah, keep going. It's, like, <laughs> it's so funny. I actually cracked up. It's like yeah, the first yeah, time in the whole franchise I actually burst out laughing at how. Yeah, there's a few of those moments where in the in the films we're like, ha yes, like <laughs> you forget. Yeah, it's, it's those kind of moments where it, yeah, you just get really excited, mm. um, but. Yeah, I that that is a fantastic scene. Um, that is one of the scenes as well that, like, when you watch, like, how they did Furious Seven, um, that that was uh his brother, the Paul Walker's brother, was in that scene with the CGI over the top. You famously have mm. a very sensitive eye for face replacements and de aging. What do you think yeah. of it in this film? Uh, the only place I I noticed it once when Paul Walker, well Brian says something, can't remember what some like insignificant line. He looked mm. a bit funny, and the like in the in the famous scene at the end where Vin Diesel looks at him 
in the car. Yeah, and he, and he you, looks there. He looks a bit rubbery. Like, what? Well, but the thing is, because I think because there's actually quite a few scenes of it in the film. Like the the Abu Dhabi one is one that you might not realize, but I think it, you kind of notice it a bit more. Like especially in that ending scene, because your brain subconsciously knows this has to not be him. Mm, um, right. Whereas, like, basically any other scene in the movie, you can be like, "Oh yeah, whatever." Exactly. But because because yeah. uh, I was reading like how Jordana Brewster, who plays Mia, um, she was on another film and wasn't available to till the end of the the Fast and Furious, um, the Furious Seven shoot, and so all of her every single scene she's in with Brian was actually with her brother. It was after Paul oh, Walker wow. died, so. Which is quite sad that, you know, like she's doing all these scenes, especially like in the start of the movie and stuff like that, um, that the, every single one of them is, isn't with mm. Paul. Yeah, that is sad. Uh, yeah, well, you've basically covered all I had to say about Paul Walker, which is good. Yeah. Um, no need to, to dwell too much on it. One last thing I want to say about Furious 7 uh, is that Kurt Russell is like my favorite character. Yeah, he's Mr. great. And, and they didn't Mr. do Nobody. like an easy... Um, your twist villain or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, he's not a twist villain. He's just a, just he gets along with them and he's their friend. Yeah. And I really liked that. Um one other thing, um, I just remembered <laughs> that fits into your anti Vin Diesel thing. Mm-hmm. Um or anti Dom Toretto anyway. Um so you see him and Liddy's Liddy's wedding in this film and he's wearing a wife beater <laughs> to his own wedding. But then at the end of the film when he's at the beach, he's wearing like a button up top. <laughs> it's like it's so funny, it's so man. it's so gearhead to 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 wear a singlet to your wedding, eh? Yeah, it, it, but it's like it's it, it's yeah, it's it's, a, it's like a joke, I guess. Like you know, do you reckon to, it's a joke? I I think so. It's it, yeah, it's it's it's. I think you're supposed to laugh at that scene, mm. not be like, wow, that's so beautiful. Um, but yeah, man, I just can't talk enough about how beautiful the ending of this movie is. Like, yeah. The look on Paul Walker's face when he like thought he could leave without saying goodbye, and then he like looks up, and they have that like the moment, like you said, the Instagram shot, um, and just like he's just got the most beautiful smile, and the way he like smiles and then is like shakes his head, and they yeah. start they start driving is like it's so well done. It's it's such a subtle and beautiful thing that like how was it in this movie? Yeah, except if you didn't know Paul Walker died, and then it yeah. does like the shots of all their friendship, you'd be like okay <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'd be like all right um because i do think and we'll get to this now this probably in a perfect world should have been the final film in the series yeah and even even with when we get to continue the franchise there's more there as well but yeah yeah um yeah hun- yeah yeah because the next film we have that came out in 2017 was the fate of the furious um directed by f gary gray what do you think this is in ron tomatoes uh this is like 69 it's 67 so we're the lowest of the you know new wave now yeah um, since fast lowest since fast fast and furious the fourth film uh and what is this movie about so uh dom is convinced to work against his family uh by the cyber terrorist cypher uh mm. who's uh, Charlize Theron with Redox, um which was suggested by her assistant Charlize Theron was like yeah my assistant just said like you should have dreads and it's like getting your assistant um <laughs> so it's revealed eventually that um she is using Dom's child that we uh, Dom didn't know he had and we didn't know he had um 
from Elena from previous yeah. who, um, who he'd to, shacked up with when he thought Letty was dead and then yeah. immediately ditched when he found out she was alive with yeah. her permission but she was also, she also knew she was pregnant I don't know continue yeah. um, but anyway yeah so she's using that as like a, a bargaining chip against and um, and Cypher ends up killing Elena as well um, and then so she's like trying to start a nuclear war or some bullshit but it ends with this like the the scene for the trailer is like you know the the, the submarine chase yeah. uh, where they're um, on like a uh, where exactly are they but they're, they're, they're on ice anyway. they're in Russia they're in Russia um, and yeah it's ice yeah so and, there's yeah and we're also introduced to um so we um, kurt russell's mr nobody and then there's like little nobody who's uh scott eastwood yeah um, yep. our second eastwood franchise um a second franchise where an eastwood plays a character who like doesn't have a name in quite <laughs> um and uh they're trying they seem to be trying really hard to make him like paul walker yeah i did i clicked that to that as well this is this is the new paul walker um yeah yeah, so there is something clearly missing from this film, uh, which is pretty sad. I don't know if I'd necessarily say I need Paul Walker to buy into a Fast and Furious movie, mm. but it, it's more for me, it's more, it feels like watching a bunch of grieving actors pretend like nothing's wrong. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, I know what you mean. And it's, yeah, yeah I mean, it just is Paul Walker as well. Like he, was, he was just the most likable character mm. in the films. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's hard to... Mm. get on board with them um and also i wanted to say as well so the there's the scene in this movie where it's like um dom the dom and cypher like bust in and shoot up the place and then um letty's like what's what's the matter dom you're gonna turn your back on family and he like turns his back on them and then uh, like literally and then makes out with cypher um and that was the kind of like button on the trailer so it was like all well, mm. the action scenes and it's like, oh, Dom's evil now, which makes this our second 2017 franchise with basically the same plot and trailer um, because um, the last night was the same fucking thing with Optimus right. Prime that it's like Optimus, you're going to turn your back on family and then he makes out with Charlie's Theron. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, the, the, the Fate of the Furious and The Last Night are, you know, turn your giant hulking um growly voice main character against his family <laughs> yeah yeah and speaking of that hulking growly voice main character and him making out with cypher vin diesel gave himself three love interests in this film because that's <laughs> that's how irresistible vin diesel thinks he is so he's with letty uh him and elena like she's like oh, we had a kid so even though they don't you know they're not still romantically involved it's still like you know, it's the, it's in the conversation, and then Charlie's there on like uh, kisses him to to show, you know, her, her turned his back on ownership him. over him, um, which the character of Dom Toretto isn't into. Like he doesn't want to kiss her back, but I bet Vin Diesel was into it. Oh hell yeah, anyone would be. Yeah, so it, again, it's just Vin Diesel genuinely thinks he's that hot of a property that he can convincingly have a movie where there are three women. Yeah, fighting over the, the other thing about this film is because there's a lot of emotional scenes in this one um like for instance when um cypher is threatening to kill dom's baby and then kills elena right in front of him and uh you very clearly can see that vin diesel is trying to act and mm. is doing what he thinks is probably probably thinks is a pretty good job yeah yeah um uh, not yeah, that he hasn't done good jobs before it's like this is him at his peak you know yeah but it's it's funny seeing someone who who clearly thinks they're doing a good job yeah, yeah. like you can you, you can imagine like you know he's 
after that when they call Cuddy, he's like, man, I had to go to a pretty dark place. Like, I'm poor. Yeah. He had to think about hunting wabbits. I'm, I'm Vin fucking Diesel. Uh, yeah, so I think the best part of this film is Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, yeah, and fuck over, yeah. <laughs> overall, I'd say my fact, because this is the movie where they interact and, you know, secure Yeah, people were like, we want this Hobbs and Shaw spinoff. Yeah, um, and my favorite scene is when Shaw is killing all the bad guys while looking after Toretto's baby, and he puts, like, the headphones That's on the best baby. scene in the whole franchise. Holy it's shit. It's so good. That's so like, good. oh my God, I was, like, cheering. It's so funny. And Jason mm. Statham is so good in it. So, mm. um, yeah, the, the Cypher's on a, on a plane with Dom's baby, and then Jason Statham goes up there and is, has the baby in, like, a... um like little baby holder thing um <laughs> like a cast a crib like yeah a crib kind of thing and yeah. um uh and he puts like music in the baby's ears and then is like it's gonna get pretty loud and then like goes and like kills all these bad guys but keeps on like checking in on the baby and yeah. so you get these like pov shots of the baby of jason statham like just it's like, yeah. so funny man and what what's what's funny about it from a plot structure point of view is like they probably knew at that point that they wanted jason statham to join the family but they're like oh but he fucking murdered like yeah two of the main characters what can we do to redeem him let's literally have him save a baby like it's a <laughs> it's a comically angelic thing yeah to do. but then yeah at the end of the film then's like you're my brother, like we're family. We're family. Hey, and, yeah, then, we're... Um, <laughs> and it's like he killed Han, <laughs> and no one cares. Because, like, so he just joins the family because fuck Han. How would Han feel? You know? Yeah. Imagine if Han could see you guys now. Hashtag justice out. for Han. Justice um, for Han. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, like he doesn't even say, sorry, I killed your friend. <laughs> Vin's just like, yeah, nah, like. I trusted you. I saw it in your eyes. You're my brother. Hmm. Um, and, and then he names the baby Brian. Yeah, he names the baby Brian as well, which um, in-universe is kind of weird. It's misguided. That he's, t- <laughs> that he's just like named his baby after his friend who moved away. Who's not there. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, like, but then I, how would you feel if they named him Paul? They, You'd have to not do a big deal about it. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to like, this is Paul. It'd have to be like, oh, I think Paul's a nice name or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah um well richard it wouldn't be fast and furious if we didn't briefly touch on the uh testosterone fueled here we go man baby fights <laughs> that apparently are rife with behind the scenes and sort of started with this film or yeah. at least came to light with this film uh there's a lot of shit out there for, and like, i like dwayne johnson but he's kind of one of the biggest i don't really like um Tyrese Gibson and I don't like Vin Diesel but like <laughs> Dwayne Johnson kind of started it um and I've I've kind of summarized it because there's like scrawls of Instagram paragraphs to cuz they all it's all on Instagram fuck these people are babies yeah Stop Jason writing- Statham should save them <laughs> um so Dwayne Johnson posted this during the filming of uh, Fate Fate of the Furious. He said, There's no other franchise that gets my blood boiling more than this one. An incredible hardworking crew, Universal Studios Entertainment have been great partners as well. My female co-stars are all amazing and I love them. My male co-stars, however, are a different story. Some conduct themselves as stand-up men and true professionals, while others don't. The ones that don't are too chicken shit to do anything about it anyway. Candy asses. When you watch this movie next April and it seems like I'm not acting in some of these scenes and my blood is legit boiling... (laughs) 
you're right. Bottom line is it'll it'll play great for the movie and it fits this Hobbs character that's embedded in my DNA extremely well. The producer in me is happy about this part. Final week on Fast 8 and I will finish strong. For crazy i've read that before and i thought that was vin diesel that wrote that but no it was um, dwayne johnson wow okay yeah interesting um and everyone assumed he was talking about vin diesel but yeah. this is not confirmed tyrese gibson also downplayed it in a statement and so did dwayne johnson a few days later doing another post which emphasizes team efforts in which you can almost read my agent made me write this between the lines <laughs> yeah. um and then after this, Michelle Rodriguez came out and said that female actors aren't treated very well on on the set, which is later, like Vin Diesel, who's not really doing, like he's posting very vague Instagram videos of him talking about how tired he is. And then like he posted a video with Michelle Rodriguez and was like, everything's fine. We don't, you know, treat our female co-stars poorly. Um, and then... <laughs> After this, a completely different thing where Tyrese Gibson absolutely throws toys out of the cot. Uh, when Hobbs and Shaw was announced, he called out Dwayne Johnson for delaying the release of Fast 9, which is such a weird thing to get angry at your co-star for. I, I'm, it's so weird. And he, he threatened to not appear in future Fast and Furious installments alongside Dwayne. Um, I think everything is quote-unquote settled now but Tyrese Gibson still spells Dwayne as D Wayne in his Instagram posts so there's clearly some bitterness yeah, still the, yeah there. there's a lot of posts from Tyrese Gibson that you, you go look them up because they're quite funny um but yeah like the whole thing of because I remember this was going on you and I were, were, talk, were chatting about it and just like imagine being Tyrese Gibson and thinking that you have as much pull as Dwayne, Dwayne the Rock Johnson Johnson. Exactly, man. Um, because and- yeah, he's like, if Dwayne, if if you do, because Fast Nine was supposed to come out this year, and as actually, um, funnily enough, because Fate of the Furious feels like it just came out, but yeah, yeah. um, now the gap between um Fate and Fast Nine, I think, is the longest in the franchise's history by like two weeks. Um. <laughs> But um, because it's like it's been there was uh, two no three and four were three years apart, mm. um, and but this one's like three. It's like slightly longer, and um, but the rest of all been two years apart. Um, mm. Yeah. So, but yeah, like because Tyrese Gibson thinks that fans value the regularity of these films, yeah. um, and that's that's why people see them is because you can count on there being one every two years, but. <laughs> What's yeah. what's disappointing to me is to see Tyrese Gibson act do something that his character Roman would do, you know, yeah. like you 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 assume when someone plays a character like Roman that they're self aware enough to know that this is the character they're playing, but I'm surprised someone as Tyrese Gibson has proven himself to be would be okay with being the butt of the joke in all of these fast and furious movies because it yeah. seems like that would piss him off anyway. Um, the uh, as well there's um because one quite funny but that was tyrese gibson um with like uh example of his character doing something like this is when they find out that like all of them are in like the top 10 most wanted list mm. and um but roman's number 11 yeah um <laughs> it was quite a funny scene but the, yeah um uh because roman asks mr nobody where everyone else ranks in the list and he's like um yeah, like he's six she's eight nine and ten um, and he skips seven because, uh, in tribute to Paul Walker, um, uh, that would be like his number because he, you know, left during the seventh film. 
Yeah. Um, there's another feud that's sort of break broken out now. Well, not a feud, but you probably know more about this than me because I didn't really look into it, but you mentioned it earlier in the episode and to me today about yeah. like the in Hobbs and Shaw, there needed to be equal amount of punches thrown by each of the stars. What you 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 tell it. You you tell it better than me. You tell it. I'll just I'll just quickly find the article. <laughs> Um, okay, so there was a um, an article that came out uh, recently. It was from the Wall Street Journal, uh, which goes behind the scenes of the Fast and Furious franchise. Um, talks about the demands of its male leads, specifically Vin Diesel, Dwayne Johnson, and Jason Statham, and uh, the lengths they go to in order to avoid being seen as weak. Mm. So um, they've all got pretty fragile egos by the by the sounds of it. Um, yeah it's pretty obvious with like i think it's been known about vin diesel for a while but so um this is the the statement according to producers and crew members on the films mrs statham 51 years old negotiated an agreement with a studio that limits how badly he can be beaten up on screen mr diesel 52 um has his younger sister a producer on the films police the number of punches he takes and mr johnson 47 enlists producers editors and fight coordinators to help him make sure he always gives as good as he gets um so, um, the like the the fights for the female characters Michelle Rodriguez and Ronda Rousey fight they don't have the same kind of um, score yeah. keeping. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. apparently, Jen Jason Statham is known to swing by the editing room to weigh in on fight scenes. Um, so, no moment in the movies appears too small for the actors to nitpick. And a scene in 2017's The Fate of the Furious that required Mr. Johnson, Dwayne Johnson, to be lying on the ground at Mr. Diesel's feet, he insisted his character be at least sitting up. According to a post-production crew member, Mr. Diesel's sister, Samantha Vincent, weighs in on rehearsals and edits. People familiar with the situation said he's falling down right here. She wants to observe during a fight re- rehearsal um, and then saying we need to make sure that he gets his licks back in. Um, it's interesting because I I feel like out of the three of them, Jason Statham would have the most sense of humor about himself. Yeah. And um, there's, I mean, I get this like... Because there's one like it says about how he's um uh about how bad how, how badly he can be beaten up on screen, and mm. so I mean imagine that's you know to do with making sure your face is still good enough for like yeah, yeah. um the thing. But it seems like, and this is just my image of these people as well, is that um Dwayne Johnson is very much knows the product of his films and what he's trying to sell, and a lot of it comes from that. Um, because like even Rampage originally had like a sad sad ending, but he came in and and changed it because he's like, no, people come to my films because they want like this, and they and so I think he's he's real into that old school action hero that can't get hurt, and I think yeah. he's trying to help that. Whereas I think Vin Diesel is a little bitch who can't <laughs> handle looking weak. Like I think so. I would say Vin, Jason Statham seems to have a sense of humor about himself. Uh, the Rock knows what his fans want, and Vin Diesel has a very fragile ego. Yeah, that's what I want to believe. Yeah, that's um, that's what I want to believe. But I, I actually think The Rock has a pretty um, fragile ego as well. If you look at his Twitter, um, when people 
Um, that's true didn't didn't review Baywatch so badly he, you know when he did this whole like tirade of like oh the the fans love it but the critics hate it like yeah let's take down those fucking critics and um a, a singer I like Charlie Simpson um tweeted to his friend about Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle being bad and then The Rock replied to it and was like oh how about this how about we listen to your fucking music and see how you like it and and I'll and I'll tell you it's shit and it's like Welcome to the Jungle's great yeah I mean, yeah, to, I disagree with Charlie Simpson on this, but <laughs> it is also like The Rock's just like trolling through Twitter, trying to find negative reviews yeah, to his yeah. film, and then just calling people out that are like, I mean, like having a especially something like Baywatch having a sense of humor about um, it being bad or like, because eventually, like a year later, he, they won a Razzie for it, and he was like, haha, yeah, like I'm accepting this. Um, it didn't turn out as well as we wanted, but um, you know, we still had a fun time. It's like that's the the attitude I want to see from a movie yeah. star when their film is bad. Yeah. Well, speaking of The Rock, we are now moving on to Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw, the final film in the franchise so far. Ooh. This was directed by David Leach. And what do you think it has on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, it's like 67 or something, isn't it? 67. So same as yeah. Fate of the Furious. Yeah. Uh, and what is this movie about? So uh, Luke Hobbs and Deckard Shaw um, from The Fate of the Furious are forced to work together to battle the evil Brixton Law. Um, who is a cybernetically enhanced human uh, when Shaw's sister steals a super virus which is capable of wiping out the human race. Uh, mm. Their battle with Brixton uh, takes them all across the globe, uh, eventually um, leading to a standoff in Samoa. Yes, and I guess spoilers for Hobbs and Shaw, it's still in theatres, so there's your warning. Yeah. Um, I like this film. I thought it was fun. Uh, it doesn't have Vin Diesel, which was great. <laughs> but it, it does have Jason Statham and The Rock, which are great, uh, and has Idris Elba, which is great, and then Ryan Reynolds <laughs> shows up, yeah, and has like extended scenes, and then Kevin Hart shows up at one point, yeah, and it's so uh, funny because yeah. th- so this is directed by David Leach, who did uh, Deadpool two, right, and so um. Yeah, Deadpool shows up and then Peter shows up from Deadpool 2 as well. Um, He's the other FBI agent. And because I'd heard, um, uh, I saw a comment that was like, oh, I had the two cameos spoiled for me. Um, And so I was like, I'll make sure not to read any more about Hobbs and Shaw, but I knew there was celebrity cameos coming up. And then Ryan Reynolds shows up um, playing Deadpool, essentially. Yeah. Um, Like the very, Ryan Reynolds has got a super interesting career of where he's at now compared to like, pre-Deadpool um, yeah. the kind of roles he, can't, he shows up in and then um, so he's the he's the guy that recruits Hobbs and then we see the guy that recruits Shaw and it's um, uh, Rob Delaney who's yeah, yeah. Um, Peter from and I thought those were the two cameos and then just Kevin Hart shows up and it's as an like, air marshal named Dinkley <laughs> yeah and but he's it's, Dinkley a, it's a very and, funny and- scene yeah, um, and, and Ryan Reynolds stuff is very funny as well like when he's sitting in the diner on these talking to him on the phone and and it's closed. Yeah, yeah. It's very funny. Ryan Reynolds is named Locke and, and Kevin Hart's named Dinkley, which is like, these are very, we want our own spinoff surnames. You know, yeah, Locke, yeah. Locke and Dinkley. You don't just call characters Locke. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it does seem like they're bringing in... Um, they were trying you know, to construct that, their own team. That Ryan Reynolds would, yeah, show up in a sequel potentially. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it's it's very clear that they only had Ryan Reynolds for like a day as well. Yeah. yeah uh, or two is. days because he appears in a post-credit scene where he's now clean shaven and he, he's in two post-credit scenes where he's only in one location. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we see him in the film like three or four times and he's only ever in the same location. Yeah. 
So I want to talk about that because I I have some I basically only I didn't I didn't hate this film but I don't really have too much good to say about it like I have right. more, for, more for the record I, I really enjoyed it. I had a great time I had a great time too yeah you know yeah. it's it's oh and it's also not- the other thing um Eddie Marzen is plays um a scientist in this who's also in Deadpool too because it's like just oh, they keep just having was. the whole cast yeah, of Deadpool like, too I keep it. trying to figure out who it was um it kind of feels like this franchise has started copying the MCU's homework. Um, yep. without really understanding the narrative reasons for what drive a lot of these decisions. And this, to me, those mid and post credits there are three mid post credit scenes, uh, which I think are some of the worst mid and post credit scenes I've ever seen. Yeah, they're very strange because um, <laughs> whenever whenever I go to a movie like this where there's a potential of a post credit scene, I, I'll, I'll get, like, as soon as the credits start, I'll Google like post credit scene, yeah. like Hobbs and Shaw post credit scene. And then it was like two out of, because there's one that's just like, there's a website that you go to and it says like does it have one and it says yes state of the end of the credits um and it was like how hobbs and shaw's uh, mid-credit scene sets up the sequel mm. and it doesn't <laughs> that's the thing is that first of all it's two it's two scenes spread over three post-credit scenes so the first one is ryan reynolds talking to the to um hobbs over the phone then the second one is hobbs talking to um Shaw Swat- over swatting Shaw, yeah yeah, and then it goes back to the first scene for the final one, which is, I have so many issues with that, and I'm going to try articulate them because I don't know if I can. Like, first of all, it's confusing to say Hobbs is here, then he's here, then go to the final one, then he's here again. Yeah, like if, if it was if it was like Hobbs and Ryan Reynolds and then just Shaw and yeah. then Hobbs and Ryan Reynolds exactly. again, it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And also they are not a, the the scenes with Ryan Reynolds and Hobbs are not a, a pair of scenes that needed to be split up. They should they should have just been stuck together. Yeah. And also, um so there's there, there's like three credit scenes. One starts like right after the credits. But so the credits start and then we go to some more and we have the big family reunion, which then cuts to Ryan Reynolds and Hobbs, and then we have more credits, and then we have the swatting one, and then we have yeah. more credits, and then we have the final. Yeah, so it's it's like very strange. It's it's very strange editing, right? Like it's it's it feels like these were the final scenes of the film because the actual film, the credits start rolling, maybe a touch too early as well. Like they've just defeated the villain, and then the credits roll, and it's yeah. like, oh my god, okay. And so this is. I yeah, think did, that yeah. that they were like, we need to give this movie post credits. Like mm. it, it didn't have them. These were just the final scenes of the film. Yeah, which which and it does look like oh we got Ryan Reynolds back. Oh, I've shaved. Is that okay? Oh yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and also the, the probably the biggest problem with it is they don't do what post credit scenes are supposed to do. They're just two jokes. They're t- they're two sets. They're they're three scenes and two jokes. <laughs> and it's and it's like okay well that's not really and i don't know I, I i did like the movie but i felt ryan reynolds and kevin hart um were both felt like scenes from a different movie yeah like that they they show up and because i was thinking about this watching the movie because i was like how often do we do spin-offs hmm. on this on this podcast like we've had earbud but that's like uh a but then series I was thinking, of spin-offs yeah like as a series <laughs> of spin-offs and something like ear buddies uh, which technically spins off, I think, the fourth one when they actually have babies, but then they're different babies, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it, it also fundamentally like changes the rules of the world. Like now the dogs talk, and it's like a, it's a, a different great example of what you're talking about is Puss in Boots as well. Yeah, Puss in Boots, um, where it's like it, it's a different genre, really. Yeah. Um, and because I was like Hobbs and Shaw is like 
two if you were to describe a spin-off it's like a character who's not the main one um getting their own film yeah that that's that's really it right yeah yeah um and then this is one where this is like this is a classic spin-off that doesn't really change the rules of the world but at the same time it does because we're now introduced to like cybernetically enhanced like superhumans yeah. but then at the same time the progression of the franchise this is the logical next step it just happens exactly. to be a spin-off if fast 9 had a cybernetically enhanced human i would not question it yeah but yeah, because so it's in a spin-off, I'm a little bit like, oh, they're changing stuff. But then it's like, I guess they're not really. To me, it's more that the the whole the, those two cameos in particular felt like they were from yeah. different films. Yeah, and like, and like yeah, Ryan, it's almost Ryan, yeah. Ryan Reynolds' shtick is not something that the people who have been watching Fast and Furious and his five, what favorite films of Fast and Furious like they aren't they don't like Ryan Reynolds. You know, they probably like Deadpool though. That's true. I, yeah, I imagine I the crossover of Deadpool and um, Fast and Furious is, is a circle. Um, but yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it's, the, a str- the, it's, a, it's a very strange movie. Yeah, like one. Ryan Reynolds and Kevin Hart scenes feel more out of place than um, a superhuman. Yeah. <laughs> um, another couple of things I didn't I found kind of weird about this film is that there are two examples um, and one of them is what we've just been talking about, where it breaks the rule of threes, right? So the rule yeah, the, of threes is like yeah. a vague rule in screenwriting where it's like, it's basically you do three of something, yeah. right? You, you you do it once, you do it again to establish a pattern, then you do it a third final time. And in this, the, there are two celebrity cameos, right? <laughs> yeah. there's, there's Ryan Reynolds and Kevin Hart. And so- Unless and you I count guess, Rob Delaney. <laughs> or Cliff Curtis, maybe? But like, you, nah. you don't, right? They're not. They're not, you know, they're not as famous as Ryan Reynolds. And I knew they were in those. Well, I knew Cliff Curtis was in the movie beforehand. But, like, it it felt like if you're going to do two celebrity cameos, you do ten celebrity cameos. Yeah, like the post credit scene should have had another th- a third one. Mm. Because, as well, like, uh, you associate, um, like, it needed... Um, well, you don't find out who the big bad guy is because it's just a yeah, true, voice. Yeah, true, yeah. And um, I was waiting. I thought that's what the post credit scene was going to reveal. Was yeah, because he's like, "Don't you remember me, Hobbs?" Yeah, yeah. And it, I was it, like, it, "It's, it's going to be Hobbs's mum from Samoa." Like, <laughs> well, because I mean, who would it be? Because it, it could be Hobbs's dad. Because we don't know him. Nah, he doesn't talk to him like how a dad would talk to a son, though. I the only poss- the only in universe character would be Charlie's Theron. Yeah. Cypher. Um. But uh, and then there's also the um, when Jason Statham and his sister were kids, they yep. used to run um, like griffs, griffs, yeah, yep. um, based on uh, famous musicians. So there's the Keith Moon and the Mick Jagger, yep. and um, then they do the Mick Jagger, <laughs> and yeah, they do the Keith Moon, the Mick Jagger, and when they say it, the words come up on screen in the Fast and Furious font. The Keith Moon, and then we used to do the Mick Jagger, the Mick Jagger, and one one of those the, the Keith Moon happens maybe twenty minutes into the film. The Mick Jagger doesn't happen for ages, like like over an hour, hour and a bit into the into the film, and then they don't do a third one. And again, it's like you are creating you are creating a visual motif by having the words appear on screen. Yeah. You need to do that more than twice because otherwise you're not establishing a pattern. And also, um, so the 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 film open well, it doesn't open with it, but early on in the film, uh, we see Hobbs and Shaw getting ready for their day, and it's yeah. like split screen. Yeah. And then that motif just disappears as well. Yeah, um, totally. And so I would have had Hobbs introduce a third grift towards the end of the film. You would have had and, Hobbs and, do it. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's like a sub subversion of it, right? When I when and it's in Samoa and they do a haka and it's like we're on Hobbs's home turf. And so that was there was room for Hobbs to be like, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna is, do Israel the- Kamaka v- 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 Ole. <laughs> sure. You yeah, know, it's Hawaiian, up, but it was filmed. Um, it's very clearly Hawaii, not Samoa. Right. Um and so you know what I mean? Like that's how you do that visual language payoff is now it's the the guy who didn't you didn't think did griffs when he was a kid here's his one now yeah um the whole some more thing as well it's very strange because it feels very contractually obligated by like it's in the rocks contract (laughs) you know it's it's very production note from the rock um but it's like it almost feels like pandering but it's to such a specific audience that it's like this yeah it's it's very strange and um i have some thoughts on that but i don't know if i'm socially aware enough to want to just come out and bark yeah. them but you know but I mean? it's also like i mean i guess it's a um commentary on hollywood as well that like they he's like you walk in and then you see like every samoan looking actor in hollywood and then he goes yeah this is my family we're all related and it's like you guys don't look like family you yeah. just like yeah Let, okay I'll, I'll pose this as a question instead of saying this is definite and i'll be i'm genuinely um and i apologize if this sounds offensive because i hate when people complain about virtue signaling because it's like what you know oh they put a gay character in my tv show it's like would you rather they just never get any gay characters and things you know yeah. like you need to do what people consider virtue signaling to get to a point where it's not virtue signaling anymore. Yeah. So I've got a question for, and if you are Samo and listening to this, very interested to hear your perspective. Is it kind of feeling less like we're going to Samoa and more like Hollywood going, isn't this cute? Isn't Samoa so interesting? Mm. Look at, you know, that's, I'm worried about that. Like, cause the same thing's happening with New Zealand, I think. Isn't isn't Pacifica cultures right? Like, isn't it so interesting? Look at this other European nations. Look at these these interesting people yeah, in these it's, little it's countries. Yeah, yeah. So I'm worried about this, but perhaps I perhaps you know I'm, I'm on the yeah. On but the at, at the same time, I think that um, yeah, like people some on culture would get a kick out of this movie as well. Sure, and that, but that's where it starts, right? Yeah. Then that, you know, then next you're going to get a film that is isn't honoring about and it's just real shitty it, yeah it's, it's the, the the whole thing of like when a movie does well uh people learn the wrong lessons from it yeah exactly um yes yeah, so i guess that's hobbs and shaw really yep that's hobbs and shaw dude yep take the kids down to hobbs and shaw for a swim <laughs> okay well richard before we move on to a couple of segments but we will be wrapping this up we haven't got too many segments to go because this is a long episode uh how would you rank the films oh very good question. So, for me, uh, the best one is Furious 7, followed by Fast mm-hmm. Five. And mm-hmm. then I would go... Uh, so well, Okay, so it's interesting for me, because uh, I was talking about this with Jeremy the other night, because I, I saw Hobbs and Shaw, Shaw with him, that um, there's there's a few ties for me. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, Furious 7 and then Fast Five are like one and two. And then... Fate of the Furious and Hobbs and Shaw are about the same for me. And yeah. then um uh then Fast and Furious Six and then uh Tokyo Drift and then one and two are about the same for me and then four is the worst one. Mm. I think yeah, I'm pr- probably pretty similar. Yeah. I think I'd go I'd go Furious Seven, then probably Hobbs and Shaw, then Fast Five, then Fast and Furious Six, then Fate of the Furious, then 
the next ones you can fight over mm. last place. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, like because a lot of them, like the ones that are tied, it's like uh, depending on which cool part of it I think about. I'll prefer that one. Like, because, yeah. um, you know, I can be like, fuck, f- like, Fate of the Furious is so much better than Hobbs and Shaw because it has the um, Jason Statham with the baby part. Or I could be like, oh, Hobbs and Shaw's way better because Fate of the Furious has this boring shit in it. And then Hobbs and Shaw has the bit where um, Idris Elba, like, skids under a truck. Yeah. <laughs> and on All his right, Transformer well, the, mobile. There the, you have it, guys. That's the Cold Popshire Boys official Fast and Furious ranking. Um, and so we've talked a lot on this podcast, Richard, about lots of different things. Vin Diesel is one of the things we've talked about a lot. <laughs> um, but what we always talk about is titles a lot on this we podcast. We have a we segment about- where each week we, it's called, we talk about Vin Diesel a lot on this podcast. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so this segment was pretty much invented because of how much the titles of these films had affected my life. <laughs> I haven't even seen them, right? But it's 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 Fast and Furious and Final Destination which really ignited my desire to see consistent titling schemes across multiple movies in a franchise. Yeah. Like, this is the origin of it. And so, if you'll allow me, I'm going to do a Conan O'Brien-style monologue on <laughs> my thoughts on... Except it's not going to be very funny, I guess. So. Yeah, I don't know why just, you just specifically said Conan. <laughs> Because I look up to him. He's my dad. (laughs) So the weirdest thing about the Fast and Furious titles is that some of them seem to indicate that the creative voices don't really place any importance on the titles. So you've got ones like Fast and Furious, Fast Five, Fast and Furious Six, Furious Seven. They all feel designed so that when you go to the movies, you just say, hi, can I have a ticket to Fast and Furious? You know? they, They ostensibly have the same title. Yeah. Yeah, but then you get things like Tokyo Drift or The Fate of the Furious, which feels like the creative voices are very interested in the titles. Yeah, Fate of the Furious especially is a choice, you know? It's like a cheesy pun in a film that doesn't really think it's a cheesy pun. Yeah, for anyone it's, that it's, hasn't picked up on it, do you want to just explain where Fate oh, of the Furious comes it's, from? Oh, because it's Fast 8, Fate. Yeah, fate and because it Furious. was like advertised with hashtag F8. Yeah. Even before the title was announced, people were like, you know, the yeah. shorthand for it was F8. Yeah. Uh, it's also of note that there do seem to be patterns within the s- certain sequels themselves. So, like, an obvious one would be Fast and Furious and Fast and Furious 6, which, you know, they're not terribly consistent in terms of where they would be in the series, but they're obviously part of the same technique. But then I'd also argue that Too Fast, Too Furious, Fast 5, and Furious 7 are all playing the same game. Yeah, you yeah. Um, but also, it's worth mentioning, this may be in your, um, later in your hilarious monologue, but how, um, so you have Fast, and the titles are different everywhere, and I don't know if you've written them all down. Yeah, yeah I have. Yeah. Um, but uh, and at least when I watched it, that Fast and Furious 6, the title card in the film says Furious 6, yeah. and Furious 7, which, to be fair, in New Zealand is called Fast and Furious 7, the title card yeah. says Fast and Furious 7, um, yeah, but I believe in the States it has Furious S-E-V-E-N. Yes, yeah. So the the titles that we went off for this podcast are the, the American titles, um, which I chose to go with officially because I think they are funnier. And yeah, and because the about. New Zealand or the international ones tidy them up a little bit as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift is at least a semblance of what I feel each movie probably should have gone for, like the, the OG movie with the specific subtitle. But instead it stands out like a sore thumb as the only 
sequel to reincorporate the 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 you know the the fast and the furious yeah. from the original film back into the series with the exception of the fate of the furious which loses consistency points for obvious reasons um tokyo drift is probably my favorite title but in a way the lack of pattern has kind of become the pattern mm. you know you get so used to the titles for the series operating on such different wavelengths that fast and furious six is disappointing it's like, yeah oh, okay um yeah so too fast too furious is probably objectively the stupidest title in the series yeah and one of its long the series's longest lasting legacies is whenever a movie has an untitled sequel announced any we've talked about this before that you go to the reddit thread for it and it'll be like two blank two blank so like i remember when james bond the next james bond movie was announced people were like two sky two fall and then someone was like, um, Chicken Little 2. And I was like, that's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah, it, um, it's not a funny joke. Although no, I did see one that joke. made me laugh, which was um, a sequel for The Dark Knight called Too Dark Tonight. Because that's just something you'd say when you don't want to go out. It's too dark tonight. Right. <laughs> too dark tonight. Um, my biggest my biggest like kind of issue, I guess, and we've talked about this with Jurassic Park and Final Destination, is, and um, uh, the Freddy vs. Jason films as well, is in my opinion, as soon as you drop any letter or words from your original title in your sequel, you can't go back to what it was before. So yeah. I, I hate how it's the fast and the furious, too fast, too furious, then the fast and the furious Tokyo Drift. Yeah. Because it's not, the series isn't called the fast and the furious anymore. You know, and then it goes Fast and Furious. Then there's Fast and Furious Six, but it's the first one to be called Fast and Furious Number. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's like there's no Fast and Furious Five. Yeah, there's, there's no Fast, fast and Furious Four. Yeah, <laughs> like what are you doing? Um, yeah, and I feel like Fast Five is the only example where I feel like something was being rectified in these titlings as well. Yeah, like because I would have been happy with like if um, if Safe Six was the last one, if it was Fast Five and Furious Six. Sure. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting stuff. So it's also worth noting, as you said before, that the films have different titles in different parts of the world. And here in New Zealand, they're interest least they're just fast and furious number of film, right? Yeah. Um then that's been the way since the fourth film. But if you also find you can also find slightly adjusted titles for all the movies. Um some of them are there's the Fast and the Furious Two, Fast and Furious Three, The Fast and the Furious Four, Fast and Furious Four, Fast and Furious Five, Rio Heist, which is the most interesting ones yeah. of these alternate titles. Then there's Furious Six, uh, Fast Six, the the word six, Fast Seven, the word seven, Fast Eight, the number eight, <laughs> <laughs> and then F Eight. And in New Zealand, we got Fast and Furious colon Hobbs and Shaw, dropping the presents from the title and thus removing the clarification that it's a spinoff. But whatever, I would you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. If New yeah. Zealand can do its little bit to make it more confusing about what order these films are in or what's a spinoff and what's not, then that's fine by me. Yeah, because also. <laughs> in other parts of the world it was just called Hobbs and Shaw with yep. no Fast and Furious in the title yep. yeah um, is that it have you, have that's you... it that's the monologue um, well one thing that uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of but I'd love to get your thoughts on um, the Japanese titles for these films oh I forgot to write these down um, them. Yeah. so the Japanese titles for these films the first one was called Wild Speed um, hell yeah which is a, which yeah. a dope title fuck yeah dude um, fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so then Too Fast Too Furious was called Wild Speed X2, which could be times two. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm, it's Wild Speed X2. Um, That's better. And then Tokyo Drift was called Wild Speed X3, Tokyo Drift. Um, yeah. And then, I'm just going to go in order because I've got all of them. Um, so the next one was called Wild Speed Max. 
These are better. And then the next one was called Wild Speed Mega Max. Hell yeah. And then Wild Speed Euro Mission. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, then Wild Speed Sky Mission. Yes. And then Wild Speed Ice Break for Fate of the Furious. Fuck yeah, And dude. then Hobbs and Shaw is called Wild Speed Super Combo. Fuck yeah. <laughs> this so much this better, so, eh? This so much better. <laughs> Even if it was Fast and Furious and then all those yeah. subtitles, that'd be better. All right, so now we're going to move on to our second to last segment of this episode. Continue the franchise. So this is where we're going to pitch our own sequels to the Fast and Furious franchise. But before we do, there are plenty of Fast and Furious sequels and properties currently in development. We have at least two more sequels in development in the mainline franchise, bringing us to Fast and Furious 10. Fast and Furious 9 is due out next year with Justin Lin returning to the director's chair. And we'll see all the characters except Hobbs and Shaw uh, and Brian and Mia come back. So this includes... Mia's back. Oh, is she? Yeah, Jordana, which is stupid. I don't want to see her again. I do (laughs) not want to see her again. Like, there's no way you can bring her back without ruining the ending of Furious 7. I'm so mad about it. I agree. I would say I'm furious. Um, Charlize Theron is back, and I hope she's just a good guy now. Yeah, 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 she fucking will be. You never see Charlize Theron die, and you never see fucking Brixton die. Idris Elba. Um, And Helen Mirren will be back, despite the fact that she plays Shaw's mum and he's not in it uh and john cena has also joined the cast which felt like an inevitability yeah that john cena is such a great addition he's replacing um, hobbs apparently like he's filling that void right two more spin-offs alongside hobbs and shaw have also been announced with one allegedly confirmed to be a female-led film focusing on the lady characters of the series uh the fast and the feminine anybody hey nice yeah uh, there's also a Netflix, an animated Netflix show in development called Fast and Furious Spy Races, which will focus on Tony Toretto, who's Dom's cousin, uh, after he is recruited by a government agency and is tasked with infiltrating one of the most prestigious underground races run by a criminal organization determined to conquer the world. So this is like a kid's show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but before we get to our own sequel ideas, Richard, I would like to workshop with you who else you'd like to see join the ever-growing cast. Because have you ever played, or are you aware of the game's Katamari. Oh, Katamari, Katamari Damacy. Yeah. Damacy, yeah. yeah. Where, where you roll a big ball around and collect up garbage. Yeah. That's what this franchise is, but with <laughs> A-list actors. Every movie, they just roll the ball, and there's like, oh, Kurt Russell, oh, Jason Statham, oh, Idris Elba, oh, Charlie's Theron's. Helen Mirren has been in two, it's going to be in three films. Yeah, and do you know how Helen, Helen Mirren is going to be in three Fast and Furious Do you know how she films? got on them? How? She just fucking loved Furious 7 and was like, I really want to be in the next one. And then <laughs> she kept on talking about it. She's like, yeah, I wouldn't have to act. I just leave, fucking get to drive around. It sounds awesome. And um, even though she hasn't done any driving. But um, yeah, so Vin Diesel was like, oh, yeah, they'll put you in the movie. Yeah, Adrian. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. So here are some. here's my wish list for actors. And some of them have like a reason for it. Some of them I don't know why. Yeah. Um, Samuel Jackson feels like he'll join at some point. Yeah, I can see that. Peter Dinklage. <laughs> okay. Be like the third Game of Thrones actor to appear in the series. Oh, yeah, because Natalie Emmanuel's terrible in them. And uh, the ginger guy from Fate of the Furious. I don't think she's terrible in them. Oh, just a, her character. Like, the existence of her character is just so boring. <laughs> right. Uh, Brendan Fraser should be a villain in a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. Um, Marion Cotillard. Cotillard. Could see her. Be- Cotillard could be in one. Um, Jermaine Clement, I feel like something like that'll happen at some point. You know, some hot property Kiwi actor will 
Yeah, well, Cliff play Curtis. a Kiwi in it. Well, Cliff Curtis was some other. Yeah. I mean, like a like a New Zealand character. Yeah. Soon enough. Uh, and just to make sure that we don't lose the quintessential part of the Fast and Furious series, which is the behind the scenes feuds, let's chuck Shia LaBeouf in there. Because um, he'll piss them off. Yeah. He'll do something. Um, uh, you saw as well, uh, we talked about that um, Dave Bautista turned down the movie because he said he said I'd rather be in good movies. <laughs> good on him. Um, yeah. But uh, one that I was thinking today that I uh, was quite Proceeds good. Proceeds to star in Stuber and Central Intelligence <laughs> in a row. Um, Is that what that movie's called? Central Intelligence? What one? He's in a movie where he plays like a spy and he partners up with a little girl and it's like, this looks like you would have got confused if you're working on Stuber or not. Um, filming these. Uh, Central Intelligence is the Rock Kevin Hart movie. Uh, um, it's, it's got a real similar title. You'll look it up and you'll be like, I can see why you got that confused. Uh, okay, let me have a look quickly. Uh, uh, I'm trying to find it. Here we go. Filmography. My Spy. Is that what it's called? Okay, I thought yeah. they had a more generic title like that. My Spy. My Spy. My yeah. Little Eye. Um, yeah, so uh, one that, you know, if we just if we just keep introducing um, uh, Shaw siblings, um, yeah. David Tennant is a villain. Ah, yeah, very cool. Because he was, would he, he be a villain at this point? Well, no, for one film, and then he'd right, um, yeah. of course. He'd but um, yeah, because he was uh, considered to play uh, Owen Shaw, I believe. Ah, okay. But I was like, yeah, nah, cool. Any other Katamari Damacy? Uh, who else have you got? Wanted um, to roll back up. Because yeah, the, like John Cena is like such an obvious beautiful. Who plays Glenn in The Walking Dead? Uh, um, Stephen Yeun. Yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's a Fast and Furious actor. <laughs> yeah. But, like, yeah, I love them adding, like, prestigious actors at the... Yeah. Not in, to the main family, but, like, in the... Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. All right. So, for a while now, you'll see online, people have been floating around the idea that we'll eventually see the Fast family venture into outer space. Uh, and while this seems perfect for Fast and Furious X, the 10th film in the series, <laughs> I'd like to take it further and over 11, 12, and 13 slowly start introducing aliens. I actually think Jermaine Clement could play a real good... Uh, he'd done it before in Men in Black 3. Yeah, from... Um, yeah. Start introducing aliens, alternate dimensions, and time travel into the mix. My main goal for this is that this continued franchise is that by the 2050s, Fast and Furious will still be going and be well known for having like crossed several different genre thresholds nice. from its humble beginnings as street racing films to heist films to spy films to insane action movies to sci fi and beyond. And all of them are all of that stuff, but from the perspective of people who like to drive fast cars because <laughs> yeah. Fast and Furious. Yeah, nice. Uh, yep. Cool. Do you have so any um, any possible titles for us? Uh, well, Fast and Furious X was was one of them. Yeah. Um, I reckon they'll just eventually call one F and F. Oh like yeah, nice. F ampersand F. Like um, well, cause, Fafu, Fafu, <laughs> just for short. Um, the because the ninth one is now is, seems to just be called Fast and Furious Nine. Um, right. But and then the tenth ones because because if you look at it, it says like Fast and Furious Nine untitled tenth film, it's yeah. implying that that's the title of it, I guess. But I mean, I'm sure that's what people are just like when they're talking about it on Instagram. They're like, "Yeah, we're making Fast and Furious Nine, but yeah. it doesn't have an official title yet." Because I would hope that it, they would do a proper one. Um, also, um, interesting to note as well, just talking about continuing the franchise. Um, there's a film Justin Lin made called Better Luck Tomorrow. Which is um, stars Sung Kang, who plays Han, and he also plays a character called Han in 
this film called Better Like Tomorrow. And Justin Lin and Sun Kang both um, consider that a prequel to the character of Han, and that's his origin what story. What the fuck? Um, oh, my gosh. And he also, um, I mean, it's, it is now. word of God canon, so um, take it or leave it. But um, Han smokes in Better Luck Tomorrow, and in Fast Five, Giselle mentions that Han used to smoke. Yeah, she does. And then also, uh, in other, other films which from years ago that are potentially linked to it, um, that uh, in... Hobbs and Shaw in Hobbs and Shaw's garage. He has a Mini Cooper, which he references having used in a job in Italy. Yeah. Um, which is, of course, Jason Statham was in the Italian job. Um, yeah. And the, the writer was asked about. I was reading an interview with the writer when he was asked about it, and he was like, "Yep, maybe, maybe this maybe character sh- with a different name in the other movie yep, was the same changed character. his name." And yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah, the the Fast Furious goes to space is like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do it. Did you see the the thread on Reddit um about it and the top comment was like one of the funniest things i've ever seen um because it was like so it was like the fast and furious could go to space and then um the top comment was just a picture and it was um dom Toretto behind the wheel um turned 90 degrees so he's just pointing straight up <laughs> it's so funny um okay so i like the idea of fast and furious again getting more ridiculous so um and i think that's where everyone wants to go with it so um one idea i had was called the park and the furious um (laughs) which is where for some bizarre reason uh the gang has to go to isla nublar um (laughs) for their mission um and outrun dinosaurs in their cars um and then that got me thinking of like yeah, other shit. Well, so I've got a couple crossovers, a couple more crossovers as well. So obviously that's a reference to Jurassic Park, the Park and the Furious. Um, this is my idea for Fast Nine. Um, so, and I've got two titles for this as well. So this involves time travel, where the gang goes back in time, um, and also because it has to do with cars as well. So they go back to Nazi Germany, um, you know, mm. with like BMWs and stuff, um, and uh, on an attempt to kill Hitler. Um, so this has got two titles. I know titles. where this is going. It's got two titles, either Fast 9, yeah. as in N-E-I-N, or The Past and the Furious. Furious Very spell, good. Um, if you with an umlaut, um, yeah. H-R-U. The Past and the Furious. Um, and then I thought we could do a remake of the first film. Um, yep. But now that there's... The technology is better. Uh, we can uh, give them cat ears and cover them in fur. Um, and the Cats and the Furious, which is also owned by Universal. This is what I was looking at. Um, yeah. <laughs> what's owned by Universal? Idris Elba? So. Yeah, Idris Elba as well. Um, maybe he's the crossover. He's where it uh, yeah, connects. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Dark and Furious, or the Dark and the Furious, uh, which is um, the the second attempt at starting a dark universe uh, but <laughs> using it as like using the Fast and the Furious franchise as like a backdoor pilot. Yeah, um, yeah. So- it's, it's the Wolfman, but if the Wolfman really liked driving fast cars, <laughs> yeah. Well, no. So like Dom and Tur- Dom Torito and his gang take on the Mummy and Bride yeah. of Frankenstein and the Invisible Man. It's the way to do. It's the only way to do the Dark Universe. And then the, so each They've film tried every other way. Yeah, it'll be dark. It'll be like Dark and Furious versus the wolf man and then yeah. in the next film they end up recruiting the wolf man to take on 
Bride of Frankenstein. Benicio <laughs> del Toro could return as the Wolfman. Yeah. Benicio del Toro is a, is a good Fast and Furious actor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, cool. Yes, that's mine. Awesome. Well, that brings us to the end of the show, Richard. But before we sign off, we've got to select our franchise for the next fortnight. So, Richard, give us a random number, and that random number is going to correlate to a list we have of all the franchises we could think of. The last number we've got on this list is 185. Alrighty. Sorry, I had the sound off. Let me... 95. Franchise number 95. Before I tell you what it is, Richard... I've got to tell you about this little Facebook page called Cult Popshire, uh, which is us and our YouTube channel and our Acast account and on Apple Podcasts and yada, yada, yada. Twitter, Instagram. Find us on Cult Popshire everywhere. You can email us at cultpopshiremedia at gmail.com. And we are going to be doing... I can see you writing something. What number was it? Uh, what you number t- do you want it to be? Well, it was no- 95, right? Yeah. Alright, so next fortnight we're going to be doing Robocop. Oh, this feels like we're going to be dipping a toe in a very passionate audience we don't know anything about. (laughs) (laughs) So there are three Robocop movies and a reboot. I believe there is one also in production as well. Uh, Yeah, potentially. Um, So that'll be us for the next franchise. It'll be the Robocop series. Uh, That's exciting. Are you excited? No. Oh, good. Well, you know what? It'll be okay, Richard, because we're family. Yeah. And this we're is family. our one last ride, anyway. I've, like, I get, get pulled out of retirement day. to do one last job, which is um, to Don't watch and discuss Robocop and its sequels. I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to this whopping two-hour, over-two-hour podcast. Uh, we love you, and we love fast cars <laughs> <laughs> hey we hope you enjoyed that episode of cult pop shit you are still listening to the worst idea of all time stream uh that is alex and richard very funny dudes in christchurch new zealand who put together that that party so make sure you subscribe to them um and once again check the show notes for all the social links as well they put out blazingly good content really good video essays in particular so make sure you sub them on fastbook and youtube if you're a youtube person you're a youtube person i love it yeah good stuff we'll catch you in the next episode of something that will be a little more worst idea flavored on this very stream goodbye i also like daily motion even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.